is not the same I must have been infected when he bit me on my hand And now I understand why I'm feeling like a big Truman Landon, sometimes we are tasked with a question, a question that makes us contemplate the very existence of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, yes. And it's sometimes hard to put words to this question. Mm-hmm. We find a way, though, every week. This movie we've covered today has succinctly put it into just a smattering of words. Yeah. And that question is, who let the dogs out? (laughs) Who? 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 Do we get an answer to that question? You know, no. We've ne- that's I think that's why that question endures because it's never been <laughs> successfully answered. I would assume that like who stands to gain the most from the dogs being let out, I think is the question that we have to wow. ask to get to the An bottom of it. Investigative mind. I love it. Uh you know, that's a journalism school talking, you know, qui bonum, <laughs> who benefits. Uh and I'm going to say the 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 biggest beneficiary of the dogs having been let out is the Baja men who wrote the song Who Let the Dogs Out. I okay, the call is coming from inside the house, Landon. D- Disney produces movies and television. Yeah, and yes, I bold guess music, statement. They do kids bop. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they produce they probably produce guns at this point through one of their subsidiary companies. Dear god, you're probably right. Um twisted. Who Let the Dogs Out feels yeah. like a song written specifically for a Disney movie. It really it really does, doesn't it? I'm, I'm I am shocked that it wasn't like part of a 1990s version of the Shaggy Dog. Yeah, yeah, it has it has big tie-in energy. I mean, it's 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 the theme song to the Glenn Close live action remake of 101 Dalmatians. Yes. Well, and you know, it, it well, and I'm seeing here that it gained it first gained popularity after initially appearing in Rugrats in Paris and on the soundtrack. <laughs> but, it? But, but it was not written for it. But was it was it highly featured in Beverly Hills Chihuahua? I mean, I well, let let's just see. Is there a list of all the movies that it's been in? Wikipedia not telling me. It's got to have been in Beverly Hills Chihuahua, right? How how is it not? I'm not seeing it listed. How is it not in Beverly Hills Chihuahua? This is like this is like Born to Be Wild not being in uh in in Wild in, in Wild Hogs. Yeah. Wow. Uh insanity. Absolute insanity. Um yeah, so I yeah, but I, I think the Baja men let the dogs out. So I, that question for the ages is settled, and uh, we're we're good to go. We we don't We've need done to our work. We're done. Discuss this Podcast anymore. Over. I I got I have to wonder though about what was the like. I want to know about the creative process behind writing the song "Who Let the Dogs Out" because in this film, I, I there is an extended sequence where the song plays, and I think it's the first time in my life that I've heard any of the other lyrics to "Who Let the Dogs Out." <laughs> <laughs> to be on the chorus and the refrain. I, I yeah, yeah. And, well, wait, the the chorus is who let the dogs out and the refrain is who, 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 right? That's <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yeah I don't know yeah. music theory, but uh, I, I, yeah, sure. It, sounds it, good. You, you need a deep and robust understanding of music theory to properly appreciate who let the dogs out. Um, <laughs> but not... I, who, who? I, I, I just, I like to, th- like, was it, 
is there like a The Beatles Get Back where we can is there documentary <laughs> footage of the Baja men sitting around and like and at the recording studio and just coming up with the idea for a song questioning uh who is responsible for the dogs being out? Uh, you know what? I think our next podcast really needs to be who let the Baja men out? Mm-hmm. Who were the Baja men? Yeah. yeah. How many men were there? What were their deals? Yeah. And and uh and did they start the fast casual Mexican food chain Baja Fresh? <laughs> I miss their taco bowls. If 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 they if the Baja men started Baja Fresh, I would be a Baja boy. I would be a friend of of of, of them and a supporter <laughs> of everything that they're up to. Um. So anyway, welcome to Grunt Work, a podcast where we only discuss who let the dogs out. Um. <laughs> Do the Baja men have additional singles that we don't know about? I, well, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they did. It's um, it, it, there was another song from Shrek. Oddly enough, that it wasn't in there. It's that uh, it's uh, na na na. I, it makes me wanna dance. You know that one? You know that the uh, yeah, I did it just like the the Baja men do. <laughs> I, I best do years of I'm our sorry. lives. Best years of our lives. That's that's their other big one. Do they have a song called "Best Friends of Our Lives" about dogs? Uh, no, that I can safely say that they do not, uh, have, which is, a yet dropping the, dropping the ball on, on, <laughs> on their end, which is something a dog would never do. How much more Baja men content can we squeeze out of this episode? I do, I mean, I think we could really go the different, uh, go the difference, my God, go the distance, uh, on this because <laughs> I've got, I, I, there, there are a lot of blue links on their Wikipedia page. We can spin this one out, but we shouldn't, Landon. We shouldn't okay. go deeper on the Baja Men because I have so many thoughts about the movie <laughs> The Shaggy Dog starring Tim Allen uh, that came out in 2006. I, I could, oh, my God. I, I could do an entire podcast, multiple ep- – like, this may be a seven-parter. I don't know. Oh, the, no. Okay. So, The Shaggy Dog, won't you? Shall we discuss? Uh, the, let's, let's do it. Let's, I, I don't want to as uh, I look it up and that – God awful Tim Allen dog poster is staring me in the face. The, but the, the yeah, the poster where it is a sheepdog's face, but they have photoshopped Tim Allen's eyes onto it. Just oh, just a, a a moment in the movie that literally made me gasp. Now I. <laughs> You know, this movie is not is not measured in the mo- uh, number of breaths you take, but the moments that take your breath away. And God, were there quite a few of them. <laughs> I think it's measured more in the amount of minutes it takes off your life at the end of your life. Now, th- this 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 is a movie that is full of images, guys. And I know I've said that a lot. I I mean, I but uh, but this movie really, <laughs> there's things in it. Ah, oh, this movie. Um, so people might have uh, uh, an under. They might think they know what the Shaggy Dog is about. I thought I knew what the Shaggy Dog was about before I watched the Shaggy Dog. But why don't you give them a little bit of a synopsis before we go into this deep dive and really find out what the Shaggy Dog is all about? What's under all that shag? <laughs> what what's under the fur? Deputy District Attorney Dave Douglas, played by Home Improvement's Tim Allen, is a workaholic absentee father. Oh, wait, wait, the precursor to Home Reimprovement? <laughs> is a workaholic absentee father who's hard at work leading the prosecution of an animal rights activist accused of trying to burn down a biotech lab where experiments are allegedly being conducted on animals. 
When Dave's daughter rescues a 300-year-old mystical Tibetan sheepdog from the lab and it bites him, Douglas starts acting like a dog and periodically transforms into a sheepdog whenever it's convenient for the script. Now, Douglas must try to unravel the mystery of his condition while winning the case and fixing his relationships with his wife and children. The Shaggy Dog. The Shaggy... The Shaggy friggin' Dog. Um, okay. Uh, I got some stuff I'm gonna wait for in the deep dive, but let's go into some specs real quick, shall we? Yes. Um... This movie came out in 2006. Woo. I don't know if you remember, but we've covered two Tim Allen movies from 2006 already. And and now, wait, do those movies also have a certain supporting child actor in them? <laughs> Called Spencer Breslin? A yes, they do, actually. Yes. More to say um, about him. Good things. Uh, good things, if you're listening, Spencer. Good things. <laughs> not even our listeners are listening. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I just... I know. <laughs> I just want to stake out a pro Spencer Breslin stance. Okay. I am I am weirded out that we have seen so many Spencer Breslin movies. I never would have expected that I would have to look at the boy this much, but here we are. Um it was directed by Brian Robbins. Yep. Brother Future of Tim head Robbins. of Paramount. <laughs> yes. Is it wait, was it Paramount? Uh, yeah, uh, president and CEO of Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon yeah. since 2021. Uh, this is the only movie he's directed. Uh, yes. Wait. Is that no? Correct? That's not I... no. That's not true. He's directed a bunch of movies. He directed Varsity Blues. He directed oh. Good Burger, Hardball, The Perfect Score, Norbit. He made Norbit. He made Meet Wait Dave. Hold on. I, then I'm I'm gonna immediately revisit this IMDb trivia here so that I can understand uh, what it meant and maybe we correct it. Uh, um. He... Yeah, yeah. I mean, God. I mean, to to be the the mastermind behind Nor like this is he did a, a run in two years of three movies: The Shaggy Dog, Norbit, and Meet Dave. That is a that is a. <laughs> I will say this Wait about a minute. I will say this about Meet Dave though. That was written uh, co-written by uh, Bill Corbett from Mystery Science Theater, so it's it's okay in my book. Uh, the trivia that I. Okay, someone's playing a trick on me. Oh, wait, four more. Here we go. Okay, got it. Um, IMDb's great although, interface strikes again. <laughs> director Brian Robbins is currently the CEO of Paramount Pictures. This yes. is the only film that he directed that is distributed by Disney. I forgot the the, the qualifier on that. Okay. Oh, so, wow. Okay, yeah, that's, that is that is a huge qualifier. That is bearing the weight of the world on its shoulders to erase <laughs> Norbit and Varsity Blues. I, I, um, th- okay, this well, is... The, yeah. This is very much, on every level, the sort of movie that would be directed by a guy who would go on to be a studio executive. I'm just going to say that and and leave it right there. This this shows okay. <laughs> the expertise and craftsmanship of a studio executive all over it. I, I will say he, uh, so he, it looks like he, yeah, you said Good Burger, uh, looks like he started kind of with Keenan and Kel in the Nickelodeon mm-hmm. era that Nickelodeon's owned by Paramount. Um but I will say he had a string here before the string you mentioned that uh, was very much in my world, uh, mm-hmm. kind of late high school, um, uh, early adulthood era for myself. So, like, you said Varsity Blues. I did. But then I also saw Ready to Rumble, the wrestling movie with David Arquette and Scott Kahn. Makes sense. Uh, and Hardball uh, with Keanu Reeves doing his dangerous minds on a uh, baseball team um <laughs> uh all the way to the perfect score uh i think i saw in the theater so um 
he was, I wouldn't have been able to name him out of a lineup, but no. he was making movies and I was going to see him. I, I mean, look, Varsity Blues alone, I've never seen it, but that I have seen that cover so much. Like, if ki- kids today would never understand the experience of going to a video store looking for a James Bond movie and walking past Varsity Blues on the way and being like, wow, those, <laughs> those teenagers sure are sitting on that blue and white pickup truck, aren't they? So I, now that I know more about his career, I, I would say that maybe I would want his life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do want even, your house. Wow. He has a, a long history with uh, Eddie Murphy because he even did the 2012 A Thousand Words, the one he, that put Eddie Murphy underground. I know, um, I know. He For well, a decade. But, I mean, look, it, that's Norbit Meet Dave A Thousand Words, all of which seem to be filmed in the same couple of years. He is responsible for uh, the, the Eddie Murphy's disappearance, basically, up until uh, Dolomite. <laughs> um, uh Let's talk about the writers, shall we? There are the small army of writers. (laughs) There are so many. Um, Okay, and I'm I'm going to hold off on the based on writers in just a second because I want to segue that into a larger conversation. But uh, credited as the Wilburleys, you've got Cormac and Marianne Wilburley, Wibberley, the traveling Wibberleys. Jeff Rodkey, Jack Amiel, and Michael Begler. Yep. Uh, yep. Let's take a look at what these folks have done. Passed in the past. from passed from writer to writer in a desperate attempt to save it. Uh, and such a wide range of quality. Like Michael Begler went on to write for the critically acclaimed The Nick <laughs> with Clive Owen. I mean, I mean, yes, but there's, you know, that, that's that is that is Hollywood. Early in your career, you work on you work on one kind of thing because you're just looking for a job, and that takes you to another thing. There were a bunch of there were there were some yeah. Xena Warrior Princess writers working on The Sopranos. I just I wouldn't have guessed that a writer from the Shaggy Dog remake would go on to write for <laughs> Perry Mason, the hard hitting uh, remake of. Well, I guess it's it's, it's a I, remake. I, I, I so. mean. A, a, it's it's a remake, and B, it is a courtroom drama, much like the Shaggy Dog. <laughs> well, no, Mary per- Perry Mason, the remake is more of a, a investigative, like hit on the streets sort of deal. Well, listen, listen, sir, I am from Portland, Oregon, where they show old Perry Mason episodes at noon every day on the local <laughs> Fox affiliate, and it is a thing. And so the scene where where a man in a courtroom belittles the defendant until he has an outburst that uh, solves the case is very much a Perry Mason move. <laughs> uh, it looks like... Um... That Michael Begler and Jack Amiel uh, are partners because they have a lot of similar credits uh, working on Perry Mason, the Nick. Um, Previous to the Shaggy Dog, we've got uh, Raising Helen, which is kind of a a, a thing um, in its moment. Um, Mm -hmm. Malcolm in the Middle both worked for the wonderful world of Disney. Ah, yes. Clearly they are in that... um, uh, do you, circle inner circle is what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, that that stable of of writers. Yes. Then we've got um, Jeff Rodkey, maybe the the s- one single writer on this. <laughs> the, the the fifth wheel of the whole thing. All the other writers <laughs> had close enough friends they wanted to work with, but Jeff Rodkey is just a just a loner, just a little writing in okay. cell. 
so we're, we've got an inverse of the other two, where the other two work their way up to hard-hitting dramas and inappropriate uh, for Shaggy Dog audience content. Um, Jeff Rodke starts with the TV series Beavis and Butthead. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then goes to Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. Yeah. And then comes back in 2003 for Daddy Daycare. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Shaggy Dog. Robin Williams RV and then Daddy Day Camp. Uh, you oh know, boy, that's that's wait. Robin Williams RV. That's a movie about uh, uh like kind of families kind of under some stress and they decide to take mm-hmm. a vacation mm-hmm. in an RV. Mm-hmm. That's what a fun concept for a movie. We should watch a movie <laughs> like that for the podcast. Um, I, I love uh, looking at his Wikipedia page uh, for Jeff Rodkey. Uh, no disrespect, but the man has uh, to to make his his resume look better. Instead of a filmography section, he just has a works section, so he can include the uh, ten or eleven books that he's written since 2012. Oh Lord! Yes. Um. All right. Let's go to the Wibberleys. Yes. Uh, let's go to They them. also were writing movies that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Wait, some you, I'm embarrassed to say, some I'm not. But yeah, yeah. Here, here's a, a, a string of them that I saw in the theater one after the other. Mm-hmm. The Sixth Day, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <sighs> I have thoughts about that movie. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> I Spy, starring Eddie Murphy. Why is Eddie Murphy not the shaggy dog? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because Eddie Eddie Murphy was like like I've been making a lot of bad career decisions, but even I know this is a stinker. <laughs> Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, Bad Boys Two, well the, the, the original National Treasure. Now they're only credited with uh, like what I'm seeing on Wikipedia is they only came up with the story for Bad Boys Two, so presumably okay. it was yeah, just fair. like they they just thought, hey, what if the Bad Boys came back? <laughs> <laughs> uh give them credit for it yeah they what, they what came they up with do? the idea you know the the bad boys song from the tv show cops is i feel like i feel like sort of like it's friends with who let the dogs out i can't explain <laughs> why but but they're yeah, friends yeah. and maybe they kissed this is the wibberly's pitch yes uh in the boardroom all right we all know the song bad boys it's on cops every week what are the lyrics bad boys bad boys they say it twice. What if we did another one? But but what would the movie be about? Oh, but it's right there in the song. They ask, what you gonna do? So we'll just figure out what they do. <laughs> Go write it. Just give us a story to credit. That's all we need. Yeah, and uh, yeah, good for them. They managed to make a career off of that, uh, that I somehow was not able to to tap into that gold mine. Um <laughs> Okay, but yeah, they they've so so a mix of a mix of bangers and not bangers. Yep. I mean, they also made G Force the ham, the action movie <laughs> yeah. about hamsters or gerbils, I suppose. Hence the G. Uh, yeah. I, uh, so, what do you make of this this army of writers uh, for for the remake? We're not even touching on the originals yet. I, I, I mean, I listen. I salute. I, I I support our troops, and by troops I mean <laughs> I mean hack writers who get brought in to punch up scripts because that was well. That, let's be more specific: writers who are brought in to punch up hack scripts. Okay, th- that that is true. I only say hack writers because I considered myself a hack writer before I oh, sold out you. and uh, went to work writing emails for software. Uh, but <laughs> I, I look, I I I I respect them, and I also just. 
like I I I feel I feel their their work throughout this movie whenever there is a joke that is very much like that seems out of touch with the rest of the movie it's like that must have been one of the writers who got brought in for 2 weeks to just try and put <laughs> jokes into this thing I, that's, and that's that's not even talking about the uncredited writers. I mean, you oh, listen yeah. to someone like Pat Oswald or uh, Zach Galifianakis who talk about, yeah, I was brought on to write jokes for one week, and yes. you know they were never going to be credited on a movie. I'm not uh, yeah. saying they did it on this movie, but certainly wh- whoever was the big stand-up comedians of the time probably were approached to go, you wanna you wanna do some writing? You wanna just give us a few jokes for this thing? Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, these these writers are ju- but the tip of the writer iceberg. I'm sure, you know, may, Dimitri Martin maybe took a whack at a couple Ooh. jokes in this. Uh, <laughs> Dane Cook? Oh, yeah, Dane Cook. I mean, the only reason Dane Cook wouldn't have is because maybe he was, like, busy uh, starring in in uh, a movie at this point, but... Uh, good point, yeah. And, yeah. you know, depending on who you ask, he doesn't actually write jokes. Uh, yeah, well, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe you can ask his 18-year-old wife what she thinks about that. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, The Shaggy Dog, uh, written by a lot of people. Um, I'm going to talk real quick about the original writers. Not uh, Well, I'm maybe, not going to talk about the writers, because we're not talking about their movies. Yeah, but fuck writers. Th- <laughs> this is what I want to say. Um, what took me by surprise... Mm-hmm. I watched the very original Shaggy Dog, which you, I realized Madman. I might not have ever seen, and if I had, it why? was like when I was five years old, and it was on the Wonderful World of Disney or something. Yeah, like, like that. why? Why would anyone have seen the original Shaggy? Anyone our age? That movie came out in what, nineteen fifty nine or something? <laughs> Definitely the fifties. Uh, apparently, it was the first live action Disney film. I don't think that's exactly true, but that's what it's hailed as. Yeah. Um, here was what I was shocked by when I was watching it. The Shaggy Dog in 2006 starring Tim Allen is not a remake of The Shaggy Dog. That is uh, correct. The original Shaggy Dog. That is it's correct. It's a remake of the sequel, The Shaggy DA. It's just such a bold, bold choice of sequel for Disney to make. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Which... Had I known, I would have also watched the Shaggy DA, and I I didn't. So, I, I'm I have comments about how how the dog becomes Shaggy. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Uh, where the difference between what happens in the original Shaggy Dog and this one, um, well, kind of interesting. Um, but let's get to personal reflections. I think before we we get real deep in the weeds on that yeah no no absolutely absolutely uh i mean who, who's who's reflecting first do you want to reflect first i feel like i was I, I mean i'm in the middle of a reflection uh why don't you go i'll recoup and i'll be more concise with my thoughts okay uh this is without question the dumbest movie we have ever done um we've watched I, movies. I, I agree because we don't count zoom as a legitimate movie no 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 this is the thing we've watched movies that are that are worse just objectively worse and more mean-spirited like crazy on the outside or california dreaming and we've watched movies that, we've watched a lot of movies that are bad in a lot of ways and, and we've watched movies that are dumb but no movie has been as purely completely dumb as this movie. I went into this movie 
knowing that it was a movie about a deputy district attorney who turns into a sheepdog, and I was still surprised at how dumb every second of this movie was. Every <laughs> You're sounding a little bit like Jim Downey at the end of Billy Madison. <laughs> I, I, I award you no points. Uh it's just like every every character, every line, every gag, and every plot point is as dumb as dumb can be. Uh, it's like the urtext of a dumb Hollywood movie that gets parodied in other movies or on like a Thirty Rock episode is, or something oh like that. Oh my god, this is sack lunch. This this is sack lunch. I was gonna say. I was also gonna compare this to the Leap Day Larry movie that they did on on Thirty Rock, <laughs> but, which is really more of a Santa Claus riff. But this is just. <laughs> But, like, that's... So, honestly, though, and this movie, I mean, it gets exponentially dumber as it goes. Each Mm -hmm. scene dumber than the scene before it until you get to the end of the movie and you are seeing some of the dumbest images ever committed to film. And I've got to say, though, after all that... I'm not mad about it, and and I gotta say, this is this movie is is substantial. It has far less blatant racism or misogyny than a lot of the other movies we've watched. Yes, agreed. Um, it is a Disney movie. It is. Uh, is this? Let's see. I mean, Disney um, Disney has made a lot of racist and misogynistic movies. Never, Just not in interject. their entire history. Have no. you seen any of their 1950s output? Um, <laughs> this is a PG movie in 2006 by Walt Disney. Yes, uh, which feels like the beginning of their like their calculations. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were a little creative, you know, uh, at least in their animation department through Princess and the Frog, mm-hmm. which is two thousand eight. Yeah, um, but this is like, yeah, it starts to feel very. We can't offend any fraction of the four quadrants. I, yeah, we can't we can't offend anyone. So let's just make this movie that uh, relies heavily on implied animal torture. That won't bother anybody. Um, I, I think that I think that Disney has been uh, calculating uh, their output uh, for a little longer than since two thousand six. But that's neither here nor there. Talk to me. Talk to me more. Talk, reflect. Reflect more. Okay, my reflections on this movie. I okay, we have a number of weird uh connections to this movie which I'll I'll get into in a, a minute. Um uh yeah, I you know, I I'm not angry at this movie. I don't regret this movie. Uh I don't like this movie, but <laughs> I'm not ang- you know, it's I do feel dumber having watched it. I agree with you. I had a similar thought. Um I didn't think to articulate it the way that you did but um i did go like i don't i don't feel as smart as i did you know two hours ago some something Uh, inside you died like you you know you're you 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 need like child safe caps on all the pill bottles in your house for a few weeks (laughs) after watching this movie okay this is go with me on this journey here okay Uh, let's go i'm I'm chasing the ball throw it for me (laughs) unlike zoom um the morning that I watched the shag, or, so I watched the Shaggy Dog in the evening. But that morning, <laughs> I had just finished the eight hundred plus page trauma porn tome that is a little life. Oh God! Why and you do that? Uh, well, it was a great book. I mean, it, it's controversial. I get it. It's a it's a whole thing. But yeah. I. Had I watched Zoom the same day that I watched A Little Life, I or read A Little Life, I might not have survived that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This felt like, oh yeah, okay. Here's this 
the story about the you know human experience and suffering you know that we you know sometimes go through or certain people go through etc cetera, etc cetera. uh irredeemable suffering that befalls uh the unfortunate mm-hmm. great great laugh line enjoy our podcast <laughs> i could have easily felt like the shaggy dog being the punchline to finishing that book mm-hmm. uh but I didn't. I felt like, oh, this is re- returning me to some semblance of the mainstream. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we can go and, and laugh. And I didn't laugh at this movie, but I can see that this movie is a facade of what they think makes us laugh. You're mm. dumb enough to laugh at this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt like – that's the thing. I felt like this movie – I mean, very dumb, very lazy. I did somehow didn't feel like it had quite the same degree of contempt for its audience that Zoom yeah. did. Like th- this, th- this movie is very much just serving. Like, what is the bare minimum amount of movie that we can give you? Like, it is doing as little as possible, but it is not like it's not like sneering at you while it does it the way that Zoom did, and that somehow made it uh, an easier swallow. I think. Now the the thing is, I I'm. I didn't watch the Shaggy Day. I, I'm wondering day. if I should have watched. What? Well, the way it came out, it sounded like it just said I didn't watch the sag the Shaggy Day. Day, day. Um, <laughs> I am wondering if I should have watched Liar Liar before mm. watching the Shaggy Dog. Mm. Because it, it what just on a it's drifting on on vibes that same sort of like. Uh, you know, a workaholic dad has to have magical realism make him a better father situation. A better lawyer, uh, shenanigans oh, in the courtroom. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, a conversation I think we keep having on this. Why are we making children's movies about courtrooms and business? <laughs> I mean, it's like... I, you know, I think we were saying this a lot about the Santa Claus, like, wow, there's an awful lot of kind of business corporate intrigue going on in this. And uh, <laughs> yes. boy, this, this but, movie, okay. it's a lot of legal proceedings. And then they shoehorn in some kind of succession style corporate uh, maneuvering at the end. Counterpoint. Yes. You get movies like Little Bigfoot 2 or Bigfoot the Unforgettable Encounter. Well, I guess I had a little bit of adult stuff in it. But How when you, you go full, when you get full kid mindset adventure it gets too silly and unrelatable i i mean i don't know like does it though i just i look at like when pixar was really cooking it's like yeah finding nemo it is a movie for children about a fish who gets lost okay great there's there's and and there's pathos in that that parents can follow and enjoy and it doesn't talk down to anybody but it's like yeah it's a bunch of fish swimming around great okay it's not like they go to fish court like probably the movie my biggest criticism my biggest criticism of finding nemo is that the lack of political diplomacy that's in it this 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 is true this is true we don't have uh there's not like some kind of secret formula to uh, bring nemo's mom back that that some scientists are working on yeah. we get a lot of scenes with them talking about it what's the foreign policy between the sea turtles and the angelfish oh man that's well well landon if you go to my fanfiction.net page you'll find all of those <laughs> ideas uh explored in my finding nemo west wing uh crossover fanfic which I call the West Finn. Um, it is a movie that that has a lot. Like I get, I get that. Like 
yes, this is a movie that has to be for both kids and adults. And indeed, in reading about the original Shaggy Dog movies that Disney made back in the day, they, like, after the success of the Shaggy Dog, they started churning out loads of movies about, like, okay, kind of like just normal everyday life comedy, but, like, one supernatural element mixing everything up, and it's just, like, a template of, like, okay, there's going to be some wacky supernatural stuff for the kids, but the parents are going to be able to identify with the, you know, suburbia Americana aspect of it. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Th- you know, that was a, a template that they that they had and were working from. I just feel like by, and I guess it makes sense, like, back then, when it was just movie-going audiences were different, but, like, by 2006, we knew better than to, like... I, I I don't know. There, there's ways to keep adults hooked other than like, hey, it's a courtroom. It's a courtroom drama. You like that, don't you, Dad? Don't worry, kids. He's going <laughs> to... We're going to see a snake with a tail again soon. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to comment on that. Let's, let's get into this movie. Let's get into the deep dive. I want to talk about the cast, but I'm going to do it as we go along. Um, yes. Uh, just to say, uh, since we are a home improvement podcast and we are covering this because of Tim Allen, this falls squarely between uh, Zoom and um, uh, the Santa Claus Part Three. Do, do you think? Do you think Tim Allen and Spencer Breslin like lived in the same house at this time? Is that why <laughs> like they just made three movies Celebrity together? Rehab. Yeah, I mean, it's like they have the degree of like at at some point they have the same chemistry as like an actual father and son. Not really in this movie, but I think by the Santa Claus, where ironically he's not playing his son. I I, I don't know, and I'm not going to speculate on that. But. Okay, yeah how how dare you? Um, how dare I? Let's. Uh, can you take us through the first act of this, and then let's let's get into the deep. The the we let's get into the the individual the, hairs on the shaggy dog. Let, let, let's get into the abyss of the shaggy dog. Uh, so first thing we see in this movie is a mountaintop monastery in Tibet, which is the last thing that this podcaster was expecting to see at the beginning of the shaggy dog starring Tim Allen. Uh, a group of commandos have arrived to abduct a mystical dog that lives at the monastery and is three hundred years old. Uh, the dog is praying with a bunch of monks and uh, then goes off chasing after a ball and winds up getting captured uh, by the commandos. Smash cut to title. Uh, And then uh, we go to Los Angeles, California, where we meet Tim Allen. His character is named Dave Douglas, but I'm never going to call him that again because he's Tim. Uh, Tim (laughs) is on his way. You know, he's getting ready for work. He is uh, mad that the neighbor's dog is peeing on his lawn. He does not like dogs. What he does like is being the deputy district attorney for L.A. He is prosecuting a activist who tried to burn down this biotech lab. The activist is also his daughter's social studies teacher. His daughter is a big-time supporter of the activist. She is mad at her dad for trying to send him to jail because he was fighting against animal testing. Um, and, it's kind uh, of a long first act. There, there's a whole bunch here that gets us to... I think the the turn is him getting bit, right? Uh, yeah, basically, yes. Tim goes to court. He is prosecuting the guy in court some. Uh, he is a good lawyer who is definitely... Who's, uh, who's the guy in court? Who's the guy in court? Well, uh, yeah. let's see. Well, I mean, you mean the defendant in the case? The, uh, the, yes. the Yeah, he's the... Um, uh, he's just some guy. He's, their social, he's his daughter's social studies teacher. He's some animal rights activist. Oh, you mean the other guy in court? Oh, yes. you, you mean the you mean the more famous actor? Yes, yes. That, that would be the, the district attorney played by Danny Glover, very famous actor. Um... <laughs> 
Otherwise, though, there's <laughs> no, no... the doctor that they have as an expert witness. How about him? Oh, the doctor who's an expert witness. Oh, man, that... Well, that guy, he was... Um, I don't know. He's a little-known actor called Robert Downey Jr. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and he's... Um, He's avoiding the craft services table because he's chewing so much scenery that he uh, doesn't need to eat anything else. Um, do we talk about him now? Do we? Do I? Do I recap? No, let's, or... We'll we'll go back into. It. I just wanted to make sure we're we're touching on who's in this movie uh, as we go through this. But Robert, continue. Robert Downey Jr. is the guy in charge of the corporate lab who uh, wants this uh, activist to get sent away, and he and Tim Allen are super tight about this. After that day in court, Tim winds up going to the lab where a uh, bunch of act, uh, you know, a bunch of the activist supporters, including his daughter, have laid down outside. Robert Downey Jr. is mad about it, but Tim Allen counsels him not to worry about it. Inside the lab, we see Robert Downey Jr. with a couple of his scientist flunkies, where they have all of these uh, oh boy. bizarre, like Frankenstein-y, uh, you know, dog hybrid animals. There's like a hybrid bulldog and bullfrog. There are a bunch. There's a hybrid dog snake that has a furry tail. A hybrid dog monkey, and there is the sheepdog that they have kidnapped from uh, Tibet. And as he explains to, um, as Robert Downey Jr. explains to his boss, played by Boogie Nights's Philip Baker Hall. Uh, this dog <laughs> has some kind of special uh, genetic mutation in its blood that has allowed it to live, like, it lives seven years for every one human year, and uh, they're going to take an extract from that to unlock the secret of immortality, and they do this by, in you know, sticking a lot of needles into this dog and taking its blood out. I hope you're enjoying, children. Um <laughs> And uh, But then midway through all of this happening, Tim Allen's daughter and her boyfriend break into the lab to try and get some evidence. The shaggy dog has escaped. They take the shaggy dog home with them. Tim Allen, when he gets home, is incensed to find a dog at the house. And while he is being a dick to the dog, the dog bites him. And then we zoom into Tim Allen's bloodstream and we see a lot of uh, green shaggy dog-shaped virus particles going into his bloodstream and ripping apart his red blood cells in a thing that's... a Actually kind of uh, upsetting and disturbing after some of the shit that's been going on in the world since 2020. Uh, Um, So yes, he is, he is, uh, he has been bit by the shaggy dog and we are off to the races. Okay. That was probably your longest first act synopsis uh, that we've ever done. And what is shocking to me is that a movie like the shaggy dog could have so much exposition and setup. Uh, and just feel like nothing. It's just washing over you. But yeah. there's so much going on here. There is a lot of setup, and I, which I didn't even realize until I was saying it out loud to all of you good people. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot. They they front load this movie with a lot of stuff that goes nowhere and means nothing at all. And really, you guys didn't even need to know it, but now I've told you about it. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm trying to decide where to start this conversation because there are a few key questions I need to know going into this. Do, do you do you want to start in Tibet? I do. Let's start there. Uh, I, I I have so many comments about the cast that we'll get to in a minute, yeah. but um, and oh, you know what? I'll start with this. Just uh, sing. I'll, I'll intersperse some cast comments. Um, the helicopter going to kidnap this dog in Tibet. Yes. Uh, that is rock. From K and B construction. Uh, I mean, 
I feel bad that I didn't recognize him, but I also on, <laughs> why would I, you, know, you? He's not making music with his helicopter. I yeah, that's this is very this is very true. I mean, look, knowing knowing Tim, there probably was some scene after that where like they get off the helicopter and it's like, man, how do they, how how do we all relax now? Well, we'll use our commando <laughs> gear to cook some food. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta say, that okay. I, I respect I respect yeah. Tim Allen giving the same people jobs again and again. Go on. Well, you're yeah. Well, I mean. Hmm. Uh, is he giving them the jobs? I don't know. I'm not going to dig in that. But okay, here's know. the question I need to understand. Okay, there's two shaggy dogs <laughs> in this movie. Yes, yes. Much like how in the movie the two Jakes, there are two Jakes. In the Shaggy Dog, there are two Shaggy Dogs. I, I'm I'm on tender hooks for our conversation to learn what happens to the original Shaggy Dog because I've forgotten since watching this and cannot tell you what happens to the original Shaggy Dog. What, what you but mean, my question you mean you mean not the original Shaggy Dog movie, but you mean the Shaggy Dog from Tibet. Yes, the Shaggy, Shaggy Dog from Tibet. But more importantly, here's the question I need to know. Yeah. The Shaggy Dog from Tibet that we see at the beginning of this movie, that they extract the blood from that sets us off on the rest of the events that will follow. Yes. Is that Shaggy Dog who is meditating? Very disconcertingly, in a a sitting up position with its hands pressed together with Tibetan monks. Yeah, its paws pressed together in a way that anatomically it's not possible for a dog. Like yes. dogs can't clasp paws together like we clasp hands together. Go on. It's uh, a, a an image that was very aggressive coming out the gate for this movie. But but hey, um, you know it sets you up for the rest of the movie, which is also full of very aggressive images. Oh my god! I, when we get to them on all fours i can't even i don't even have words for that uh, but yes we're, we're ahead of the game the question is that dog the the meditating tibetan monk shaggy dog that begins this movie is that a man i mean i yeah that's a really good question isn't it it's I, my the impression that i get is that no he's not a man because this dog which does have mystical properties, does not seem to have the same abilities or consciousness or sense of self that Tim Allen does when he is the Shaggy Dog. And folks, just to jump ahead a little bit, when Tim Allen transforms into the Shaggy Dog, he is a sheepdog that looks identical to this Tibetan dog. So there's like, there's just two identical dogs running around. There's in fact some mistaken identity with that. But uh, well, I mean, this is skipping ahead a little bit. Does this mean that Tim Allen is now immortal? Well, that's yeah, uh, that's a good question. It also like they they say at one point, Robert Downey Jr. points out that they've synthesized the stuff from the blood. They've got the serum that makes you immortal. And then that kind of just gets left and dropped. And it's like, wait, did this movie did they crack the secret of immortality in this movie? And we're just not <laughs> talking about it. And then does that mean that Robert Downey Jr. is also immortal? I mean, I mean, presumably, like the only one who doesn't seem to be immortal is Philip Baker Hall, the guy who wanted to be immortal. That's yeah, we'll we'll leave. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. But I mean, this is starting to set up a like sequel series that I want to see between Tim Allen and Robert Downey Jr. where they're basically Shaggy Dog Highlanders. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and Robert Downey Jr. does like make a pretty big speech as he's being dragged away at the end about how he'll remember this and you haven't seen the last of him. Like it, they they could just be there can you only know, be one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's like he, you know Heath Ledger at the end of the Dark Knight telling Batman that they're destined to be going back and forth like this forever. 
Um, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get so much about this movie, but I also really don't get what the deal with, like, what the deal with this dog is. They, they seem to have us believe yeah. that the Tibetan shaggy dog is just a dog that happened to have a genetic mutation that makes it be 300 years old. I, 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 they don't say anything about how the genetic mutation makes it capable of biting people and turning them into other shaggy dogs. Like, so it's like kind of a shaggy yeah, werewolf. Yeah, okay, that's what's confusing to me. Yeah. I, I, I somewhat can suspend my disbelief that you can capture a 300-year-old dog that has a genetic mutation, extract its blood, and examine its DNA, and try to figure out what has caused the the mutation and yeah. maybe replicate it in human DNA. Yeah, of course. I don't understand extracting its blood and infusing its blood into other animals, thus creating other dog-like animals out of it. The other thing is, in this lab, yeah. where they're conducting these experiments, we're introduced to a plethora, a smattering of failed experiments, including yeah. a frog dog yep but it's not a shaggy dog so is there another dog that has a genetic mutation that makes it 300 years old that was a pug yeah that they experimented with where's that movie yeah that you know what what hollywood star is that the eddie murphy vehicle we missed yeah it turns out that shaggy dogs are a lot more common than you think it's just all the other the, all the other ones <laughs> died in the testing process enjoy the movie kids <laughs> that fr- frankenstein's creating these animals that are miserable being alive and and wish only for death Oh my god! Uh, I, I, there's a lot of questions that are coming up in this lab. Uh, which should we mention, Senator Jason? Wait, se- s- fucking that Senator Jason is the, is that scientist? God damn it! There's got to be a reason you that these are really people- bad at this, and I say that with all love. Uh, come come on, man! Come on, man! A, I'm 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 okay. Look, the fact that I recognized Philip Baker Hall in this movie <laughs> is honestly pretty good. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't recognize Senator Jason, who's been on, like, three episodes of Home Improvement. Yeah, I like his favorite. Before. Yeah, he was my favorite, but it's not like I committed his face to memory. I do other stuff in my life besides think about Home Improvement, Landon. I have a job. <laughs> I have other passions. This is your job. This, it's you're called right. grunt work. This is my job. You're right. No, that, that's true. I'm sorry, sir. I got a little out of line there. I'll, uh, I'll come in on the weekend and memorize uh, Senator Jason's face. Yeah, Senator Jason, in, I don't like him as much as I like him on Home Improvement in this, but maybe because he is usually torturing animals in this movie, and that's yeah, a little hard yeah. to get my, get fully behind. Okay, yeah. so I, I don't feel like we, we've come to a conclusion about any of my questions here. Are we, are, are we uh, gonna? So are we just going to have to go on faith that something supernatural is happening? I, I mean, yeah, I think we have to go on faith. I mean, given that... Given that he is, we find him in a spiritual setting. This dog, I think, I think they're implying that <laughs> Tibetan God has has made him this way. Well, okay, what I, I want to know, this is the, what, what yeah. I want to know, at risk of making two superhero movie references in a short amount of time, was uh, was Liam Neeson's up there at that monastery training uh, training the monks, uh, little little Ra's al Ghul uh, training ah. the training the the Shaggy Dog. Is is Bruce Wayne, you know, in some other room at the monastery, like trying to find where Liam Neeson is in a in a bunch of dudes all wearing black shifting around in different ways remember that remember that well, movie folks remember that let's let's you continue our, our our superhero references uh iron man yeah yeah i i have heard of him. <laughs> who was the main guy in that again hey, robert uh, downey jr oh no oh we that the same <laughs> robert downey jr that's who that guy was in this movie oh man i didn't recognize wow. him 
<laughs> You're really bad at that. Um, the uh, this is two years before. This is the same year as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yes. Yeah. It it, it is. Um, a movie that uh, I don't think holds up very well that I loved very much at the time. Um, here here's the other uh, superhero reference I want to make is Tim Allen basically becomes a shaggy dog by getting Spider Maned. Yeah, he does. Either getting American Werewolf in London or uh, or Spider Man. <laughs> yes. I, I, well, I mean, American Werewolf in London is just that's that's just vampire lore or werewolf lore. You get bitten by a van or werewolf and you're turned into a werewolf. Yeah, this is a genetically altered being, uh, you know, uh, animal biting a human and mixing its DNA with his DNA to become a super transformed mutated person well you know the the movie the movie wants you to believe that that turning into a dog has certain advantages and that it allows tim allen to achieve certain things that he could not in his human form but i i i don't think that's ever really the case like it it, so i don't know that he really counts as a superhero i that's what i'm saying agreed yeah okay and I got things to say about his superpowers once we get to the fun and games portion of this in Act Two, but yeah, um, but, but no fun. Right now we're eating vegetables and talking about Robert Downey we, Jr. What do you think? We are. What? Okay, I've been going on a lot about my notes, and I have a few more. But what? What struck you about this opening salvo? I mean, aside from the fact that there's just you know they're they're going way out of their way to explain the science behind why a man would become a shaggy dog and how all that would happen. Um, look, my, like my, my reaction to seeing Robert Downey Jr. In this, I got to say is like he, everyone in this movie is, I think to some degree, half-assing. And I feel like you can tell that Robert Downey Jr. Doesn't really give a shit. He is very much in this for the paycheck, but he is at least, and he's, he's having fun with this in the most half-assed way possible. Just doing this very big performance, but it's, it's fun to watch a movie where Robert Downey Jr. being in it is not the main thing. Where it's just it's just like oh yeah, and and this and this guy's in it playing like hey, it's fun to see him playing a villain because he you know you can ham it up and and do more stuff with it, and also just it's just fun to reflect on what kind of role Robert Downey Jr. occupied in in our imagination pre two thousand eight, how he was just sort yeah. of like the you know. Oh yeah, he's you know he he goes he goes really big and he's he's kind of intense and does and does you know crazy wacky over the top top stuff kind of like a, a different flavor of Jeff Goldblum. Um, so to, yeah, to to see him to see him in here, I mean like to, occupying kind of the same role as Cavendish in uh, in Little Bigfoot too. <laughs> we we yes. get. We we get the classic scene of after the Shaggy Dogs escape from the lab, him berating his two scientist employees, and, and you know, are, are, are you gonna go look? Are you gonna look for him? You gonna look for him? Oh, okay. Well, uh, uh, are you gonna are you gonna look for him here, or do you think you're gonna look for him in new places? Um, I think. That, <laughs> Why are you still here? Go, go. Yeah, like I just I think that that really if you if you are if you are a an actor playing the bad guy in a family film, that is that is the moment for your reel. That is where you can really spread your wings is the is the court mandated <laughs> scene at the beginning where you yell at your underlings. Like that is that is your you know that that is when you kind of like make your mark on the film. Oh, um I want to talk a little bit about uh and, we, and we've talked about it, but I want to do a comparison to the original Shaggy Dog about this one is like Tibetan monks. Like, there's really no genetic mutation. 
these are all reasons given, but there's no like explanation. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I don't feel like I know a deeper understanding of how the sh- the original Shaggy Dog became the Shaggy Dog. I I get how Tim Allen does, but um, this is still somewhat. Uh, I, I I might not go so far as to say problematic, but it's it's you know taking Eastern mysticism in a way that isn't super great i I mean i mean yes i agree but also dude we've seen so much worse and more egregious shit that's why i was gonna try to compare it to the original which is like it's a legit like gypsy curse uh that someone you know puts i think on a necklace i I was half watching it and uh (laughs) that you should have done with this one the teen puts puts it on and it it curses him to become the shaggy dog and like mm-hmm. it's a whole thing mm-hmm. uh so it, it just kind of like you they're like that that might be that might not work in 2006 let's go uh let's go to something a little more peaceful uh you know what tibetan monks those are those are some peaceful guys yeah yeah way more chill way more chill i <laughs> more more chill than a than a cursed ring or something like that i I kind of wish that this movie had just gone full Kafka metamorphosis on it and just like <laughs> yes. he just wakes up one day and he's a dog and there's no reason for it. Oh, and man. Yeah. Like, wh- no, no one, no matter what your explanation for turning into a shaggy dog is, it's going to be dumb and no one's going to yeah. buy it. Like, just just do the premise. Just do the Wh- thing. Where's that sounds like an A24 version of the shaggy dog. And I'm oh, all here for it. Oh, man, I'm, I'm here for it, too. Ari Aster's the shaggy dog. um okay let's talk a little bit about his family we haven't talked too much about them yet uh and i want to take a moment to talk about the cast we have Kristen davis as his wife uh from sex in the city yes um our first stupidly tenuous connection to this movie do you know what her middle name is uh i do not know what her middle name is uh why don't you take a second do a little google search and um uh tell the listeners what her middle name is love this oh Kristen landon davis oh that's fun and look how it's spelled oh yeah hey your way not not with an o the way that a lot of uh people who have met you through the podcast texting me about you uh spell it (laughs) i always have to correct them it's It's everyone in my life has ever spelled my partner spelled it with an o recently (laughs) oh oh landon i would never i would never do that to you i just want to let you know who oh boy who cares Um, about you more let's see um, I, so look, look, can I, can I say about Kristen Davis in this movie yeah. that watching her in this, I, I, I get like such a strong sense of deja vu. It's like, oh, look, another, another beautiful <laughs> woman married to Tim Allen putting up with his bullshit. Like, I feel like, yeah, I, I want like an Expendables type movie where Kristen Davis in this movie and his wife from Wild Hogs and his ex-wife from the Santa Claus <laughs> movies all like join forces to kill this guy who has been ruining their lives. Oh my God. You know what? It's like Steve McQueen's widows. Uh, <laughs> just with, <laughs> with all of the characters that played his wife. Exactly. Um, yeah, I I'm, I also I was gonna I wasn't really gonna bring it up here, but uh, I had kind of an existential like mind rabbit hole uh, with seeing Kristen Davis and having the same exact experience that you did, where I'm just like I got really depressed. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, for just like I feel like in the '70s there was you know a a rich characterization given, even if it was still in gender roles. There there was an inner life to both characters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was really just like 
through our lives, you know, the 80s and 90s into the early 2000s, where they just became this cookie cutter excuse to, you know, or supplement to the the main male character yeah. uh, to act a fool. Yeah. And it made me really depressed. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't need to belabor the point, but I, I, I did go down a, a thing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, there is a there is a scene late in this movie where we see uh, uh, Kristen Davis at her office. I'm not we never really know what her job is, but the kids yep. a- come to the office and we see her saying like saying to one of her assistants, she has one line of like, oh, I think we should go with the terracotta for that room or something. And it's like, OK, well, I get is she, I guess she's like, an, is she an interior designer or an architect? I, and it, just seeing that, I was like. Well, at least the movie gave her a job. At least, at least they, that. I mean, what is it? You can't even tell me what her job is. I can't tell you what her job is, but it gave her a different is she, location. Is she choosing it for her job, or is she choosing it for her own office? I, it, okay, I mean, it seems like okay. I, you're right. I don't. I don't know if she is just yeah making a decision about how her office is to be decorated. But look, it. It, it at least. This movie makes the bold choice of showing the woman in a different location than the house, which is more than I can okay. say for, I don't know, a dog for Christmas. Um, <laughs> uh, but okay, but but yes, we have we have Kristen Davis just being, you know, um, like uh, being at e- either alternately oblivious to what's going on when that's the thing that's funny or being mildly put out or confused by it but not outright suspicious or being angry uh when uh when when the plot demands it uh you know just just serving serving roles for the type of movie this is okay let's talk, what about his kids let's talk a little bit about his kids yes well we've got we've got young spencer breslin uh, uh that, that's not the name of a rapper i just i guess mean just just spencer breslin um, who is his son? Who is on the football team? Uh, and uh, I, when I when they're first talking about him doing football, I'm like, "Wiggity, what? That doesn't seem like a Spencer Breslin move." Uh, but as it turns out, he actually hates football and is intentionally flunking his math class so that uh, his dad will make him quit doing football so he can instead pursue his true passion, which is being in Greece, the school play. Um. But uh, yeah, it, <laughs> a little callback to Home Improvement. I, he's uh, right. singing um, "Grease Lightning" in his room. Yes, and when, and you know what? Tim is a lot more emotive when "Grease Lightning" is playing in that scene than he is in any of the scenes when they do it on Home Improvement. Uh, yeah, and then there's his daughter Carly, who is you know a little older than Spencer Breslin and is into um, causes, and she, she's very much the the template uh, politically engaged activist uh, rebel daughter template that seemed to be going around a lot at the time. She was female Randy. She was she was female Randy. I'm just thinking. Do you think it was just like a lot of studio executives had teenage daughters who were mad about the war in Iraq at this time, and they were like, <laughs> eh, "They're always going on about something." I don't know. Maybe put that in the movies. That's what kids like yeah. today. Uh, yeah, I agree. I do think that. Um, but I do want to mention her real quick. Uh, her name is Zana Gray, mm-hmm. and another tenuous connection to this movie. Um, I worked with her. Oh, okay. <laughs> at, uh, I was volunteering at the silent movie theater uh, under the Cine family out in Los Angeles, and she uh, was working concessions and the counter, uh, as well as, I think, some programming. Um, and nice. It was between this movie and uh, 
Wes Craven's last movie, My Soul to Take, ah. uh, in her career. So, uh, super cool. Uh, I did not know she was in The Shaggy Dog at the time we worked together. I, 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 if, if you had, I mean, I doubt you would have gotten any work done. You just would have been asking her so many questions about what it was like on set. <laughs> um but yeah, it was uh, so. Just there's that. I don't. I mean, she wouldn't even remember me uh, if you asked her today. But um, I, I'm going. I'm going I, to. I'm going to track her down and say, "Hey, do you know Landon?" And she's like, "Oh, that guy who <laughs> spelled his name L A N D O N." No, I don't remember him at all. <laughs> uh, I, I, to tell you the truth, I did nothing remarkable while working at the silent movie theater. I'm sure every single person I worked with there has no memory of me at all. Well, don't don't say that, Landon. You never know how many lives a person can touch. There's a movie about that, actually, called The Shaggy Dog. Um, <laughs> it, it's a wonderful Shaggy Dog. Um... Yeah. So. So. Okay. Is there. Is there more to his family than that? I mean, we've got the two kids. We've got the the no, wife. I, I. I think we. We. Okay. Let's just recap real quick, setting the stage to go into Act Two. We've got the daughter who is protesting his the trial that Tim Allen is overseeing, um, because the her teacher who is an animal rights activist is on trial for setting fire to a lab that Robert Downey Jr. oversees. Because they are looking for the tree of life, the fountain of youth, in the blood of a 300-year-old shaggy dog you know, that yeah. has bit Tim Allen. A t- that, a t- is that where we stand? Yes, just a, just a standard uh, tale as old as time. You know, okay. it's just, this is one of those, you know, hero with a thousand faces thing. There's, you know, man, <laughs> man versus man, man versus self, man versus nature. Chapter 7 of Joseph Campbell. Yeah, exactly. You know, man versus dog. Man versus Shaggy. Um, I okay. also want to okay. Let's bring us into Act Two. Well, well, just quickly though, a I don't okay. know why it had to be her sub, her social studies teacher who set the fire at the lab because that never really it never really comes back around. We see no. him in court like one or two times. Also, yeah. also Joshua Leonard, I guess worth mentioning because he doesn't really come back up uh, from Blair Witch and a bunch of other indie. Films. Okay, so this uh, is kind of an indie darling. This is before he went out and, and died in the woods looking for the Blair Witch, right? Like in that documentary. No, Blair Witch was uh, seven years before this movie. But but then how how could he be in this movie? He died looking for the Blair Witch. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, he was bit by a shaggy dog in the <laughs> in that forest. He he just you know the Blair Witch was was starting to to attack them and he just ran out on all fours really fast. <laughs> Who let the witch out? Uh, so I also just want to say that in court, when he, when they are prosecuting him, uh, Tim Allen mentions that he set this fire at the lab and did $300,000 worth of damage. And I, I, I can't tell if that's a lot or a little. That's not that. I mean, like a corporate lab where they're discerning the secrets of life, whatever yeah. equipment he's setting on fire is like $300,000 is like two scalpels at that point. <laughs> Also, when I'm when I'm filling out the the you know when I'm filling out the police report and I'm mad at this guy, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna juice those numbers upwards too because I really want to throw the book at him. Anyway, that's, yeah, there you go. That's not funny. Um, <laughs> but okay. it's true. That's and the truth isn't always funny. That's as hey, that's why they call me Truman because I'm not funny. Uh, so should I? Uh, I mean, do do we have more about the very dense no. act one of this movie, or do you want to get into the we fun gotta, and games? 
we got to get into act two because I got to talk about the tongue cam. Oh, God. So, okay, uh, Tim has been bit by the shaggy dog, and almost immediately he starts acting like a dog. He's scratching his ear in a dog-like way. He has super smelling, and he is now licking up cereal out of a bowl, and his family either doesn't notice this or sees their father behaving in this bizarre manner, and it's like, hmm, weird, but doesn't <laughs> give it a second thought. Uh <laughs> And he, uh, you know, he he goes to court that day to try and continue with the trial, but he keeps doing weird dog stuff in court and gets uh, the judge and the DA mad at him. And so he leaves for the day realizing, wait, this must have something to do with that dog, which after after the Tibetan shaggy dog bit him, he called animal control. So that dog's at the pound. He goes to the pound to talk to the dog. Somehow being in the close proximity to the dog makes him transform into the shaggy dog uh, and he is then chased out of the animal control center by dog catchers. And uh, there's a lot of running around of him realizing that he's a dog and freaking out about this. He goes back home and tries to uh, explain to his family that he is a dog, but just cannot seem to get un- understand that, oh, because I'm a dog, when I say to them, hey, I'm your dad, it just sounds like barking. Why won't they listen to me? Uh, and so he winds up just being at the house. Uh, the The family thinks, oh, it's the dog that our mean dad had taken away by animal control earlier after he bit him. Yay, you're back, dog. And he overhears his family talking about the various ways that he lets them down. Um, the should... voiceover in this is just is is something. Tim Allen's, like, look who's talking voiceover is unbearable. I mean, it's it's. One step above Eric Roberts being drunk and a talking cat. <laughs> it it yes. Most of this movie, when Tim Allen is in dog form, is we're watching a dog run around while we are listening to Tim Allen just kind of narrate it. Like we're listening to a Tim Allen podcast while watching a video of a dog. And <laughs> it's which you can do with grunt work. I yeah. I, Start from the beginning and just watch a video of a dog and pretend it's uh the inner monologue of. <laughs> I don't know what would you be, Truman? Uh, what what type of dog? Boston Terrier, obviously. Well, that would that's what you'd want to be. But what would you really be? Oh, uh, what would what would I really be? Uh, probably uh, probably a very tiny uh, dog that trembles all the time and lives inside of a rich <laughs> woman's purse. I don't know. I think you've got the mane of a collie. Oh, landed. Thank you. Okay, I I I appreciate, it. and I do. I my hair does clog up our drains a lot. I would much like a, a collie probably would. <laughs> what dog would you be? Oh, I hate to admit it, I'd probably be an English bulldog. I mean, I <laughs> okay. This is the thing, though. I kind of feel like I have the the vibes of an English bulldog too. The only the only like I'm I mostly like to just sit around the house. I do not like to walk for too long. The only way that I'm not like an English bulldog is I can't skateboard. Um, <laughs> well, I, though, I guess the only reason I said I'm like an English bulldog is sometimes when I'm sitting by myself, I'll just start snorting, uh, <laughs> trying to breathe. Ah! And then I find myself just going <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I mean, I got, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, of another, uh, another candidate for dog that you could be, but I'm really not, I, I'm sorry. I'm really not getting one better than that. Um, no, no, there's not a breed of dog that really likes Italian horror movies. I'm not, I'm not coming up with one. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, oh, I just take you to the park and I throw a DVD of Suspiria for you, and you go and uh, you go and Ooh. retrieve it. Hell yeah. Um, 
but so I should also point out that that during these fun and games, like before Tim is transformed into the dog when he's just acting dogish, his wife oh, is challenging him because he missed his son's parent teacher conference that day and you know, all the same basic, you're never there for us anymore, you're a workaholic. <laughs> he doesn't miss it because of him turning into a dog. He misses it because he's a shitty asshole workaholic. Yeah, no, yeah, he he misses the parent teacher conference for no good reason at all. But and and you know, so she does the thing where it's like, yeah, you know, you never say I love you. You weren't, you know, you're not there for our son. And you're not there for our daughter. And he says, no, I'm gonna do better. I promise. You know, I'll make dinner for everybody tomorrow, and day after tomorrow, I'll take you out to our favorite restaurant for, uh, for our anniversary. And you you just know, okay, well, there there's the they've called their shot. Let's watch him fuck these things up by being a dog. <laughs> um, so when he's around the house as a dog, he's hearing his. You know, his kids ranting about how, and wife ranting about, oh, yeah, dad's never going to come home and make dinner. He never comes through. Let's order pizza. Uh, I should point out, there's also a scene where he knocks a, he try, trying to communicate with his family. At one point, he knocks uh, uh, he knocks a Scrabble box off of the shelf and is trying to spell out, I'm dad with the Scrabble pieces, but his kids just clean it up and don't, and don't look at it. <laughs> Keep keep that in mind. Keep in mind that I, that happens. Well, hold on. I want to let's let's investigate that a second. If you were pet sitting a dog uh, or a cat, an animal, yeah, and the animal knocked over a Scrabble. Let's just go with what's in the movie and and started spelling something out. Say it spelled out, "I am dad." Would you think that your dad was trapped in a dog body? That's not the first place my mind would go i would i would take pause because it's like wait the animal seems to understand god damn it uh the the animal would like i would i would be i would be i would hesitate because oh the animal seems to understand like the animal seems to be taking specific interest in these scrabble letters and it's not just trying to eat them that's interesting but i wouldn't immediately put stock in whatever it's spelling out but the kids don't even get that far they're just like oh shaggy what are you doing ah they 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 clean it all up um he also though like when his kids are and wife are saying like oh god dad's never going to come home and make dinner we we need to order in he runs to the computer and uses a pencil in his mouth to type out, I can't make dinner because I'm a dog. <laughs> and there's one scene of him sitting in front of the laptop with, I can't make dinner because I'm a dog typed out in front of him. And I'm just like, man, I, I've, I've felt that a lot of nights. <laughs> like, I've just wanted, what's my excuse for why I can't do a thing? I don't know. I'm a dog right now. Just bear with me. <laughs> Are you saying the shaggy dog is a mood? I'm saying yes. The Shaggy Dog isn't just a mood. The Shaggy Dog is a uh, is a big mood. Um, it's a way of life. Yeah. And so I don't know. So then, all right. The, okay. I, well, let me. I gotta chime in here for a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, chime in. Chime in. Because because before we're kind of like crisscrossing between dog activities and Tim Allen acting as a dog activities. Yeah. There, there's a scene when he's. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s on the stand, mm-hmm. and Tim Allen's questioning him. Yeah. And Human Danny Tim Glover, Allen. who we only very briefly mentioned is in this movie, yeah. uh, is in the audience. What do you call the, like, the viewers uh, the, of a courtroom? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I call, it, call it the audience. I don't, I, there's probably a word for it that I don't want to look up. We, 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 th- this <laughs> okay, movie well, didn't care about realism. Neither should we. He's in the courtroom onlookers. And Jane Curtin 
comedy legend, uh, fantastic actress, Jane Curtin, is the judge in this movie. Yes. And Jane Curtin's watching what's happening. Robert Downey Jr. is on the stand giving his answers. Danny Glover watching what's happening in the scene. And they all have to sit there, second, third, fourth banana, to Tim Allen acting like a dog. Yes, yes. Not even well, in my personal opinion. It's not like watching Jim Carrey not be able to lie in Liar Liar, where it's just a, you know, over-the-top comedic performance. Or It's just Tim Allen growling, and I'm like, I feel really sad for all of these actors like that i mean granted they just had a day of work where they had to go and sit and watch but the fact that they had to sit and watch that really makes me sad that's a really good point and it does make me think like so at the end of this movie spoiler alert uh robert downey jr gets bit and is turning into a dog in court and robert downey jr has like three scenes of acting like a dog in a human body and he does he completely upstages tim allen who's been doing it for the whole movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like yeah he, he is he is he seems to feel almost as self-conscious about doing this insane ridiculous yeah. dog stuff as he does about singing along to greased lightning on home improvement which sort again just begs the question like why are you doing this why are you an actor yeah. why did you not just become ironically, a dramatic actor ironically uh robert downey jr um doesn't do little he does a lot <sighs> I, I I can't I can't I'm gonna start spelling your name Landon with an O out of pure uh pure spite and disdain for for you and what you represent. Um, it, yeah. So so Tim. Uh, anyway, Tim is in dog form though, and I want I want to call this out. They and that night he his you know his wife and kids put him in the garage to sleep. First and foremost. Would you? I don't know if you noticed this in the garage, in Tim Allen's garage. What did you notice? The car that was in there. Did you notice what was the car that was in there? Well, let's just say it was a rod. And was the rod cold? No, buddy. <laughs> well, I was in the garage overnight and it wasn't turned on. No, nope, no. Nope. Say probably cold. Nope. It had a Hemi V8 big block engine in it, so it's super <laughs> hot. <laughs> yeah, he never even. That's that's like a dog. That's who let who let the dog out of you in that moment. Oh. Actually, that brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. In the courtroom, when uh, in the scene that I just described, you really want to go as back to he's growling, yeah. as he's going through his dog shenanigans, yeah. there's the stenographer there. Oh, and yeah. And at, at one <laughs> point, she starts typing and going, R, 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 R. Was that a, a, a veiled reference to grunt work i don't know i mean i was a veiled reference to our podcast that we started like like 18 years <laughs> later yes uh ten, oh shit we started it like 11 years later our podcast did, yes. has been on a long time uh i i didn't even think about it in that sense i i think that might have been one of the most objectively funny truly good moments in the movie you know again this is <laughs> One of those one of those bits that like one of the twenty six writers on this movie threw out like yeah what if what if he's growling at everybody in the courtroom and they just get a shot of the stenographer just typing the growl out, um, <laughs> no it did it did though it did feel like a um, you know a distant cousin to the scene in Home Alone where he is uh, just typing out grunts on uh, on his laptop, uh, so but okay so let's again jump from the courtroom much like. He transforms from a dog and into a person throughout the movie. Uh, you are transforming us from a podcast talking about the courtroom scene 
and I'm trying to transform us into a podcast talking about him in the garage. Okay. Because and then I'm going to transform us into a podcast talking about the transformation. So oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. That's great. Uh, Transformers series when? Uh, so they they drag him out into the garage, uh, and he's going to sleep out there. And then it, during the night, for some reason, the shaggy dogness wears off, and he transforms back into Tim Allen. But, of course, because all of his clothes were left at the animal shelter, he's completely nude. And so he wakes up wrapped in a, in a towel. He's in a yellow towel. He's in a yellow towel. But he, like, feels his face. He's like, oh, I'm human again. I'm human. Oh. And he, like, feels his face. He looks at his hands. And then he opens the towel and looks at his dick, shielded, of course, by the <laughs> towel, and smiles triumphantly. It's just like, what? why? Children's movie? Why does he, like, why does he have to verify that he just, like, oh, wow, I've got a human body but a big red dog one, dick. Great. One, <laughs> 100%. Uh, think that that was a Tim Allen ad lib. <laughs> you know, they're they're on set, and Brian Robbins is like, "Okay, Tim, yeah, we got like seven takes where you look at your dick. Uh, can we get just one without you doing that? No, no, we can't. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the dick every time. <laughs> it's my method. You gotta let me work. I'm cooking here. <laughs> you can't cut it out if I don't give you anything to work with. Um, yeah, I, I I flagged that as well. It was a very weird moment. I mean, it they don't make a big deal out of it the no. way that you know a, a PG thirteen movie would have, but uh, it's there and you can't ignore it. Yes, <laughs> much yes, and you know what? And this is just I I hate how much in the course of making this podcast you've had to talk about Tim Allen wearing a towel and exposing himself. At least Pamela Anderson isn't there to actually see the real thing. Uh, oh boy. Oh um, boy. Sorry. I want to talk about the transformation real quick. Yeah. Because you, you had mentioned also uh, the, the first time that he transforms is like in proximity to the original Shaggy Dog who had bit him. He becomes the Shaggy Dog. Yes. And I guess skipping ahead a little bit to later in the movie, there are moments when he needs to transform and doesn't exactly know how and you know has someone play fetch with him and it like forces the transformation. Um. This movie is completely uninterested with how he becomes human and how he becomes a dog. Not not a shred of interest in it. Like, for how much space the movie dedicated to explaining the origin of the shaggy dog and the science and biology behind the dog, no explanation of, like, you become the shaggy dog under these circumstances, you stop being the shaggy dog under these other circumstances. Yeah. I, Which seems like a missed opportunity because that's like where comp, you know, that's where the situation comes out of. Like, yes, when you are angry, you turn into a dog, so don't get angry. Yes, or when you are horny, you turn into a dog, so don't get horny. Yeah, like that would set up situations. This is just a, a movie's happening, and sometimes he's a dog, and sometimes he's not. Yeah, yeah. Like there is a scene later where he goes to the the parent teacher conference in human form but then you know he sees a cat outside and starts he runs off from this parent teacher conference starts chasing the cat for at first running on all fours as tim allen oh god which the, the this is the big this is the big like centerpiece of the film the set piece this is what i feel like all of the executives imagined when they greenlit it is cgi cat running through the streets of town Tim Allen on all fours galloping after it while Who Let the Dogs Out plays in its entirety. Yes? I'm pausing the podcast to celebrate with you for a second. Yeah? I just happened to look at the news. What? Henry Kissinger died. (gasps) Henry Kissinger died? Oh! This is amazing! 
<laughs> no, well, don't pause the podcast. Keep this in the podcast. This is so great. Good riddance, you old piece of shit. Oh, man. I hope you split hell wide open. Fuck you, Henry Kissinger. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to be one of those moments where you're like, I know where I was when I we found <laughs> out Henry Kissinger died. <laughs> I know where I was. I knew who told me Henry Kissinger died. Oh, Fuck, that feels really, really good. Um, I also that Jimmy Carter outlived uh, Henry Kissinger is also fun for me. Um, hey, there you go. Th- yes, yeah. There's yeah. That's that almost makes up for everything that went down in Cambodia. Um, cool, cool. Thank you for telling me that. Do you think he? Do you think he died because he transformed into a shaggy dog and got hit by a car while chasing a cat through the streets of L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> I don't- uh i i doesn't uh, there's no no information on that right now okay i I guess it's it's still fresh um but so so he is he he goes chasing after this cat running through the streets who let the dogs out playing in its entirety just and it's just just bits on bits on bits he's knocking food off tables he you know bashes an old lady out of the way and and uh but in in the process of chasing the cat then like, he chases the cat into an alley and corners it and is growling at it. The cat's in, like, a pipe or something where he can't get to it. But then the cat, like, there's we see this POV shot from the cat's point of view, and the cat paws at this pool of water where we see Tim Allen reflected, and then when the ripples go away, he's a dog again. So it's like, now the movie's suggesting that just the process of chasing a cat for a very long time as a human turns you into a dog. I, it doesn't make any sense. And then why why does it take so long there, but just the simple act of of having someone throw what was it that he has him play fetch with at the end the, I, that I, well, it's person a, experiencing homelessness. Well he's well at the end that, that person's throwing a stick for him. He has the guy throw a stick and the Which guy throws it okay. once and he runs after it and then he needs him to throw it a second time for him to fully charge up his dogness, I get. It it's just weird. That the movie makes no effort to explain or set a rule set for any of this. It is also funny that the movie doesn't just go the logical route of he's been turned into a dog. He can't turn back into a human until he fixes yeah. shit with his family. Instead, it's like he just turns into a dog sometimes. Well, I mean that does keep with the original concept of the of the original movies, but uh, yes, the bulletproof concept of the original movie that should not be uh, <laughs> altered in any way, lest the fans I, get I, upset. I, I, as usual, have it playing in the background, and I, I do want to say real quick when he gets swiped by the cat and he kind of you know brings his hand away and's like, "Ow!" There's this quick shot, like a push in on his face that looks like something's happening to him. I mean, it is, he's turning into the dog, but for half a second, I'm like, did he just get (laughs) like the way he got bit by the original shaggy dog? Did he just get like extra super animal DNA from the cat? Is he going to turn into some weird animal hybrid here? Yeah. Yeah. This is the, this is the orange dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's the origin story for the, for the TV show cat dog. This is, this is what it is. It's the live action (laughs) cat dog that, that the kids are screaming and crying out for. We loved Little Mermaid so much. Give us live action cat dog and then live action Hey Arnold. But his oh head must be fi- shaped like a football, even in live action. Um, <laughs> so I, I should point out also, uh, going back a little bit, the first night when he's at the house and when he transforms back into human self, he then, you know, he tries to sneak inside and his wife wakes up and see, you know, 
this sees him coming into the house naked and she's like what the f- what's going on and he says oh well uh the thing is i turned into a dog and she just like kicks him out of the bedroom and throws some pillows at him um that's th- how you know we're in a family movie i mean if this was like uh, uh i would say even if this was in the early 90s you would have a line about like oh yeah that's not the first time you've turned into a dog you know some sort of like <laughs> innuendo that you know he is in you know having in he's in what the fuck is the word i'm looking he's for he's uh, doing infidelity he's having an affair he's, he's being unfaithful yes exactly he's like, stopping you, you hound dog you horn dog you're you're definitely a dog yeah you you ain't nothing but a hound dog in fact and furthermore you're no friend of mine uh he <laughs> yeah he there's a lot of Tim Allen being around the house nude in this movie, uh, or just being, there's a lot of nudity in this movie uh, as a result of that. And there's also, there's a lot of long stretches of this movie where he is just flat out absent from his family's life. You know, there's like, you know, this first night and then you know, he, tr- he turns back into the, do- like he's at the parent teacher conference with his wife on this other day, you know, trying to be the good father, be the good dad. He runs out of the parent teacher conference to chase the cat. He transforms into a dog, gets uh, then taken by animal control and put in the pound or something like he, he just, it, there are all these scenes where he completely disappears and goes away. And it's like, his family is like irritated at him in the sense of like, Oh God, typical dad, but not like, not, there's never any, like, I, I think dad might've gotten murdered or something like he's, he didn't come home. Like, it's not just, Oh, he works a lot. It's like he, he is fully disappearing and they are just getting mad at him and not showing any concern. All the, all the more depressing, uh, that the state of their family due to, <laughs> the fact that we're we're just we're just forced to always follow these shitty guys. It's yes. so annoying. Yes. Well, and this is the thing though, kind of ironic that Tim Allen this is one of his least like shitty performances. He's not super angry, he's not super mean and vindictive in this. Kind of like in Wild Hogs, like Disney was over his shoulder being like, "Nope, nope, nope. Just just be no." But it's like for this movie to have stakes and be effective, he actually really needs to be a piece of shit at the beginning so that then he can learn a lesson from being a dog of well, not be a piece yeah, of shit. We, and we've had that conversation a thousand times on home improvement. My, you know, it's just, I guess it's the nineties, early two thousands. It's hard to fault it, but like, I'm just, I'm sick of that story at this point. Yeah. You know, once I saw the matrix, I'm like, okay, it's, it's literally every fucking story for, you know, 20 years. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to, see it through a different perspective and and have a different type of story be told. Yeah, yeah. What if Neo in The Matrix turned into a shaggy dog? <laughs> like, what if when he goes through that mirror, he comes out the other side and it's just like a, a world of dogs, you know? What if Cypher was like, I want I want back in The Matrix, uh, but this time I want to be a shaggy dog. <laughs> when I eat the kibble, The Matrix is going to tell me that it is juicy and delicious. Uh, <laughs> love Joey Pants in that movie. Uh... So, I don't know, man. The second act of this movie, he's doing he's doing dog stuff. Oh, he is then, at some point, he somehow gets out of the pound. He's still trapped in dog form. Oh, shit. It's, uh, it, it's the night that I promised my wife I was going to take her out to a fancy dinner. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. He goes... Our anniversary. Is, yeah, our anniversary. He goes running to the fancy restaurant in dog form. He somehow has... He somehow gets flowers. He has flowers in his mouth. He gets there, and his wife is sitting there alone, and she's mad and very distraught. 
and then she sees the dog outside and gets uh and gets in the in the car and with with the dog and is like talking to the dog you know tearfully about how bad their relationship is and she's leave she then leaves a voicemail for tim as they're driving home and she's saying i can't believe you'd stand us up for our anniversary dinner and then you send a dog with roses in its mouth (laughs) (laughs) which it's like first that's a a huge logical leap one of many massive logical leaps characters in this movie take to yeah uh, but then b it's like if someone stood me up for an important dinner date and in their place they sent a dog carrying roses in its mouth, I I kind of wouldn't be that mad. I would I would have more questions about the dog <laughs> than than anger about the situation. Uh, I I don't even know what to comment on that. I mean, I feel like it's always the wife that's that's uh making these sort of leaps in logic because uh, maybe it's just that the kids can sell it better. I'm not sure. But. No, the kids definitely make some leaps in logic where it's, uh, you know, the, the scene where he, where he, yeah, there's a lot of, everybody's leaping. Everybody's like the, like the dog frog hybrid. They're doing a lot of leaping around. <laughs> um, I want to, okay. For, I'd be behest if I didn't follow up on a, a comment I made earlier in this uh, whole fun and games thing. The first time that he turned, turns into a dog and he's running around town there's a, a single shot that's easy to miss but uh it's from dog pov um kind of low to the ground dollying through the streets and you just at the bottom of the screen see a tongue flapping up and down oh and yes that was that was something yes. um <laughs> uh but i think we should um as we we hopefully start to wrap up these storylines talk a little bit about and a little little more about uh and deeper about him as a dog experiencing his children's lives uh yes. seeing his kid play football um seeing uh his daughter and her boyfriend who we haven't really talked about though he doesn't why why his whole reason for being in this movie is he has a car and gets them to places yes exactly um, exactly <laughs> uh so like as a dog being able to see, oh, Spencer Breslin hates football and doesn't actually want to play and isn't good at it, uh, but he loves singing. And, you know, while he's at home, catches Spencer Breslin singing to Greece um, and that he's going to skip the audition because he has a game, uh, even though he'd rather go to the audition, but he's going to the game because his dad likes it. Yeah. Um, the. What I don't know. I maybe you don't need to go any deeper than that. What What are your thoughts on all that? I it's it's. I mean, it's hard to enjoy any of these bits or really like because just all of this is happening. You know, he's observing his son having this very across the plate conversation about how well I can't tell my dad I don't want to play football because he won't love me anymore. And then we just get this shot of the dog watching this and we just hear Tim Allen's half-assed line read of like, oh no, son, no, no, oh no. Like half of <laughs> half of Tim Allen's voiceover dog lines are no. It's just, no 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 no. We're like, no, 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 ah no. <laughs> right. Uh so so it, yeah, it, you know, it's just these scenes where we watch these these actors having these stilted conversations while a dog watches and then listen yeah. to this very disconnected voiceover uh, of it. 
I mean, because also the scene with the daughter, he, he goes into the room where his daughter is is sitting with her boyfriend and talking about the environmental activism she's doing. And she's talking. She's look, he's looking at a flyer and he says, oh, that's a really good design. It's not. No, it's, it's a bad, bad. design. It's, even for 2006. It's a very bad design. Yeah, no. This is this man. This man is a deputy district attorney, and he's looking at this flyer that looks like it was cut and pasted together with like glue sticks. It's like, wow, this is really good. Um, but he, you know, he's and she's talking about how you know, oh yeah, you know, it just it just means so much to me to like stand up for what's right and do the right thing. And then we get the shot of the dog and Tim going like, oh wow, this really means a lot to you. I'm so proud of you, honey. Like, and it's like, but she didn't say anything. She hasn't already said to you about. Why this is important. She said one sentence about how it's important to stand up for what you believe in. And I've, I've, uh, this movie. Or in the case of the opening of the movie, lie down for what you believe in. uh, Which, which was, which was clever, which is a clever bit. Like, this movie very much, it, it is so paint by numbers with just the template, the liar, liar template or whatever yeah. of the supernatural guy having to learn how to fix his relationships. It's like, okay, well, we've established early on that he doesn't get why his daughter's an activist. Now we need to have him as a dog learn why his daughter's an activist. Okay, cool. We checked that box. Even though it's like, you, like him being a dog doesn't really give him any new insight on yeah. well, that. Does- this is where this script fails to me. The which only is like, place. The only place. Otherwise, airtight. It's such a, as you said, paint-by-numbers way of of fixing his family life. He has no interest of, like, fixing him being a dog. No, no. It, it, yeah. He's not trying to... He's not trying to find a solution. Also, like, it's not... Yeah, there's no motivation for any of this. He's just sort of around and overhears these things. Well, okay, so maybe I missed something, uh, because I I have to admit, I have a kitten in my house, and it does uh, distract me from time to time. Uh, Now, do you know it's a kitten, or was it someone who was bit by a kitten and is actually... (laughs) That's a good question. Get out your Scrabble board, Landon. (laughs) Oh, I have one. Uh, Bela, what what are you going to spell for me? (laughs) I am Henry... Kissinger. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Power is the ultimate <laughs> aphrodisiac. Wow, she's got so a lot of letters. <laughs> um triple word score. Uh okay, maybe okay, so maybe I missed something because my whole thought is Tim Allen doesn't give a shit that he's a dog. Like he kind of gives a shit that he's turned into a dog, but he has no shits about like why I turned into a dog? How do I turn back from a dog into a human? Uh, or if they're there, like they're not at the forefront of any action that's happening here. A little bit, like there's some stuff with him, like when he's in court as a human, arguing and and like finding out more stuff about the animal testing or how oh they have you know they got a snake with a dog tail at the lab and he's like yeah. oh what oh it, you know occasionally there's that but once he's in dog form yeah he's not really doing much to try and fix being a dog. Or when he's in human form, he's not trying to fix being a dog. Like, how do I prevent turning into a dog again? Yeah. How no, do I prevent my tongue falling out of my mouth when I'm talking? Which is some some more some more classic Tim Allen body horror. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. He he's just sort of like when he's not in dog form, he kind of just is like, okay, I'm just gonna go back to my normal life and forget that everything happened, and then and then it's just the same beat of him doing dog stuff in court again and again. So did I miss something about when he goes back to the lab at the end of Act Two to 
try to get more information? Like, why is he going back to this lab? Uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think it's that he's found out something in, because he's, he has gone to, I think he's, he's figured out, I think in court that, oh, that at the lab they're doing tests on on the Tibetan shaggy dog, and that must be where the cure is. He tries to get the district attorney to to get a warrant to search the company's lab. Uh, gotta love the legal procedure due process scenes in a children's movie about a guy becoming a dog. And the DA he's is like taken off the case too. Yeah, because it's, it's like not... yeah, you've been. Yeah, that's where the DA tells him you've been taken off the case because you're acting really weird, and. So then I think he just goes to the lab on his own because it's like, okay, this is how I'm going to get the, this is how I'm going to get out. Uh, this is how I'm going to find the cure for whatever it is. So I, I, there's not like a strong reason aside from just, these are the only other people who are doing science on people becoming animals. Okay. All right. I mean, as flimsy as anything else in this movie, I guess. Uh, um, I, I, and so this is also then he's trying to get through the vent to get into the building, but he can't do it. It's too big for him. So he then has the homeless guy throw the stick for him so he can turn into the shaggy dog. And then it's like perfectly shaped dog, sheepdog sized uh, vents, I guess. Like that's the, that is such a, such a setup that like it's, it's too big for a man, but the perfect size for a rather large dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So then this is where we see, that uh, Robert Downey Jr. has ulterior motives. Oh, he's boy. He's being funded by Philip Baker Hall yes. to do these experiments. Yes. He's found the serum. He's found the the right, you know, equation here. And he's about to inject Philip Baker Hall. And then he goes, ha-ha, not going to do it. Fucking die, you old motherfucker. I'm going to give it to myself and take all the credit. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think you, I, I think Bela distracted you for some, from some key stuff. He has got the oh, okay. serum there. Philip Baker Hall, you know, the head of the company or whatever is there. You know, he's very old and sick and needs this injection so he can live forever. He injects him with something as Tim is watching in dog form from Wait, the does he overhead. Wait, does he inject air bubbles into his veins? Well, it seems like he does. He injects him, and Philip Baker Hall starts having a seizure, and then oh the two God. scientists are like, oh my God, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and Robert Downey Jr. is like, oh no, no, the serum works. I just didn't give him the serum. I gave him, uh, I gave him some, you know, poison that will make him completely catatonic and, uh, you know, fully conscious but unable to speak. Doctors will think he has uh, dementia, and they'll put him in a home, and and then I can be the CEO, which is like a, a horribly dark thing to put in a children's movie. Like, you, like the, you know, injecting a man, the man spasming out and then being trapped there wide eyed and, and introducing kids to the concept of being a prisoner in your own body while someone takes over your life. Um, I also Philip Baker Hall is in two scenes in this movie. Floyd Gondoli himself. Uh, and he's in a wheelchair <laughs> so for both Danny of them. Glover. I mean... Danny Glover is standing up at least like, and, and Philip Baker Hall has like four <laughs> lines in the whole movie. <laughs> so does Danny Glover. There's a scene with Danny Glover when he tells him that he's off the case that again, made me depressed where I'm like Academy award nominee. Danny Glover is tasked with opening a door, looking at the man who's leading this film in the face, giving two lines and then shutting the door. And that was his day. I, I I mean, listen, I am happy that Philip Baker Hall is in two scenes and only really has lines in one of them. Like, I'm glad that he got a, probably a substantial paycheck for that. 
I you, you I you see the glass being half empty. I see the glass being half full. I guess. I and you know who do I know? I'm not. I I've never been an actor of stature on a set of a Disney film led by a inexplicably large star from a TV show. Maybe it was like cool. How how long do you need me today? Two hours. Great. And you're paying me my day rate. Fine. Great. That's that's a I can catch up on all my reading in my trailer while I'm waiting to be called to open a door and deliver a line. I I just I love hearing Philip Baker Hall in his wonderful gravelly voice saying like yes, inject me with the dog serum, and just knowing that that's the same voice that in Boogie Nights said those kids out there are hot fuck action to the max. Like I don't know. I I. <laughs> I, I'm I'm happy about these things. I'll also point out. So he injects Philip Baker Hall and and is saying to him like you know as he as he's trapped there. Robert Downey Jr. is going like you're a pig and I hate you in so many ways. Uh, he's fully conscious but he's unable to speak. Doctors will just think it's dementia. Uh, but all all this is going Jesus on. Christ. They wheel him away. That's the last we see of Philip Baker Hall. End of the movie. Everything. There's never anything about like. Yeah, Tim Allen never tells the the authorities like, oh yeah, there's an old man who everyone thinks has dementia, but in fact has just been injected with poison and is fully conscious but cannot move. Maybe we want to do something about that. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Philip Baker Hall is just going to die in a in a retirement home, like hopefully Henry Kissinger did. Well, then let's let's circle back around to my original question of what happened to the first shaggy dog. Okay, yes. As I'm watching this in the background, I, I think he suffers the same fate as Philip Baker Hall because what okay, what happens is Tim Allen turns into the shaggy dog. There's a slight mix up, right? They the kids end up bringing Tim Allen back home and the original shaggy dog is recaught but the by the lab people, the lab people thinking they caught Tim Allen yeah. and realizing they got the original Shaggy Dog. Once they realize they got the original Shaggy Dog, they're like he has a muzzle on him and like he's in a cage, and then we never see him again. Oh, we see him again, Landon. We, we do. Okay, where? Well, do you not remember the second to last shot in the movie? What they're doing on that beach? They're throwing a frisbee. Landon, oh Landon, we'll get there. Oh we'll my get God, there. we'll get right. there. We'll Holy get there. Which, shit. which is all the more aggressive. Holy Look, fuck! Don't, don't I blow forgot. it up. Okay, don't, right. don't blow it up the... yet. Let's just let's okay, get people right. to the end of this movie. So okay, okay, okay. There's been a bunch of chasing and bullshit. The Shaggy Dog, the Tibetan Shaggy Dog, has been recaptured by the lab people. Um, Tim Allen goes to. That's why he goes to the lab. He goes to the lab to get the Shaggy Dog back, I guess, or something like that. Okay, but that then sounds the, the but then he winds up getting cap. He frees all of the lab animals. He frees the Shaggy Dog, but then he winds up uh, getting captured uh, by the people at the lab. Uh, his kids. Oh man, we haven't even. Fuck, we haven't even gotten to how he tells his kids that he's the dog. Okay, folks, before he gets captured it's back Scrabble in the lab, again. it doesn't matter. He, he, he does Scrabble again. It's so fucking stupid. He basically, <laughs> after after all of... He parkours. He barkcores. Oh, that's so good. That is so, so, so good. Um, He, like, he is, he goes back to the house at, at, uh, fuck, where, where is even... What are you trying to figure out? I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to look through my notes because suddenly this movie that's so stupid is actually... Yes, okay, so he... Uh, 
yeah, he the, he he goes back home in dog form for whatever reason. He leap, yeah, he barkors up the wall. He knocks down the Scrabble set again. He spells out "I am Dad" like before, but this time his kids see it and are like, "Oh my God, this dog must be our dad!" Like, so the movie didn't even think up a different yeah. thing for him to do for this climactic moment. It just has him repeat the thing he did earlier, and the only difference yeah. is the kids look at it this time. And th- they ask. How is that possible? And then he spells out Grant and Strickland, the, which is the name know, of the uh, company, the lab. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. When when your evil corporate intrigue plot can be uh, unraveled by a dog pushing Scrabble pieces around to communicate with a couple of doofy teenagers, that's a sign that you're not really a criminal mastermind. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah. So, but then in this scene with his kids back home, he is, uh, uh, you know, he like the the kids like basically he's looking at his son and his son says, oh, I guess you saw me at the game. Well, I'm sorry. I'm so bad at football. And but then Tim as a dog, like we hear Tim's voice over going like, no, you're great. You should do the play. You're so good. But of course, the son can't hear what he's saying. So then the dog in can he, can he, he not because I have a he, question about that. He, can, he cannot because the dog goes to Spencer Breslin's backpack, reaches in and pulls out the playbook for Greece and like drops it in front of the kid. And and this his son is like, ah, you're saying I should do the play, huh? And then he pulls out the and then he pulls the math textbook out of the of the backpack and hands it to him. And it's like and his kid is like, ah, so I should get my grades in math back up. And it's like he's just showing you things. This doesn't the, substitute the, the, for him the, being a good dad. Okay. Hold on, hold on. The voiceover of Tim Allen as he pulls the because he's he's talking the entire time he's pulling these things out and he's like, you should go audition if that's what you love. You're really good at it. I think you do it. This isn't verbatim, but then he pulls out the arithmetic study guide and he hands it to him. He's like, as long as you study for this, do we have a deal? And then Spencer Breslin goes, I get it. You want me to study deal. Yeah. And so he he says deal to Tim Allen's voiceover. I mean, yes, he does, but canonically, they can't hear the voiceover because all the other scenes where he's been talking in voiceover at them, they're not responding to it. So, but maybe now that they know, now the the telepathic gateways open up. I, maybe I, all it needed was that neural pathway to be created, and mm, suddenly it has access to telepathic uh, messaging systems. Yeah, it's sort of a biohacking situation. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus Christ, I'm never prepared for it. Tim Allen's eyes on the dog just appeared in the background oh. as I'm watching this thing. After this transformative moment where he has told them what's going on, his kids go to call his mom at work. He goes running outside in dog form to chase after a ball. The scientists are out there waiting to ambush him. They uh, tase him and take him back to the lab where they lock him up. This is why I got it all mixed up. He goes to the lab. He sees them injecting Philip Baker Hall. He leaves the lab, goes back home, tells his kids he's uh, their dad, and then he gets tased and taken back to the lab. This movie is just going back and forth from the lab to a courtroom to a house. It's such a bad movie. You know what? Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to say something about, uh, about the budget or like... This movie opens with beautiful landscapes in the Tibetan, well, what's supposed to be the Tibetan, you know, wilderness. The, the Santa Clarita and wilderness, yes. Suddenly, it's interrupted by this this uh, helicopter, and this big bombastic score is playing, and it makes it seem like it's it sets the the stage for like this is a big ass, big budget movie, mm-hmm. but. 
once you really start to look at what you're talking about, like all of the budget goes to a CGI cobra with a fluffy tail. Yeah. And and mice. Like the actual like sets and and story of this is so small scale. Yeah. It's like five locations. Yep. Yep, it's very it, it's it's practically a Eugene O'Neill play. It's just it's very restrained down. You know, it's 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 long days, long days shaggy into dog. The, they they spend all this money on some pretty ropey CGI, and and I mean there is this scene. He's there. He is in the. He's been captured by them. It was, it was probably state of art, the art at the time. Yeah, I'm sure it looked looked dynamite back then. Yeah. Uh, but they, he's he's there in the in the lab or whatever, and the he's able to communicate with the other animals about how to stop being a shaggy dog if he meditates. So he's in this cage. He meditates in the dog prayer pose position, then turns into naked. Why? How how why why does meditation have to do with fucking anything? I don't understand that. I I, I don't. You, sometimes you hear his heartbeat when he's transforming into or out of dog form. Maybe that has something to do with it. I, I and and slowing down your heartbeat like a Tibetan monk. This you have to. This movie does not take you by the hand. You have to find meaning in the Shaggy Dog. <laughs> you you stare into the the human eyes of the Shaggy Dog, and the Shaggy Dog no. stares back. Um, but they you know he transforms back into his human form, so now he's naked. Tim Allen trapped in a cage. Then there's a bunch of scenes. <laughs> despite all his rage, he's still Tim Allen in a cage. Uh. <laughs> There's all these scenes of him then coaxing the other animals, communicating with them to knock over their cages so they can get loose and help him get the keys to unlock himself. And then he escapes with all of the animals, but there's this scene of him, like, hoisting the the CGI bullfrog dog up into the vent, or him hoisting the CGI python up into the vent, where it's clearly him holding some kind of green screen thing, and they've composited this into his hands. And I'm just looking at this and thinking, like, this is the biggest budget moment in the movie. This, yeah. this cost them more money than having him chase a cat on all fours. <laughs> oh and we okay we didn't go into it let's talk real fast about that because it's not cgi really it's probably computer matted i would imagine it was like maybe wire work or like he's his stomach is on a uh like a green stool that they painted out like the the action of them him and robert downey jr eventually Running, running on all fours, on all fours yeah. as a human, yeah, because it's not a CGI Tim Allen. Yeah, it's yeah, it seems like you know it's a or you know it's like a stunt man on his on a stool on his stomach with like maybe a green mask on, and they composite Tim Allen's face. I I, I don't know. It's maybe yeah, that it, could be. It, it is real no. enough. Like that, it is rendered realistically enough that it is genuinely frightening and unsettling it's like something that i the, hated the, the motion of it looks like something you'd see in an evil dead movie and it's like oh the deadites are here <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not far off i'm trying to look up like stunt casting here uh or not stunt casting but well, the, the stunt um visual oh my god the visual effects for this there's so many oh here we go utility stunts uh stunt doubles um, I'm trying to all the all these see. people who spent all this time away from their families at, at long hours at the <laughs> office rendering and compositing. 
Yeah, weird. Okay, I'm not seeing anything that's given that's tipping its hand here, but um, it's it's unsettling. I I it's second only to Tim Allen's eyes emerging out of the dog fur that uh really just it's it it's kind of dream logic movement and I don't like it at all. Yes, it is very weird honestly that how much how much money is put into other effects in this like the CGI animals or mm-hmm. them running around on all fours, but they never really show him transforming into the shaggy dog. They never do like the werewolf type transition of right. it. Like it's always sort of a it's off camera or like we cut from one thing to the other we pat you know pan around and someone blocks the frame for a second and he's a dog (laughs) and it's like that's kind of in a movie where a like where the whole premise is a man becoming a dog you kind of have to give him the money shot at least once (laughs) right right uh okay okay uh so he and the animals escape from the lab meanwhile the kids have taken the tibetan shaggy dog to their mom's office and are saying like ah mom dad's a dog this is there's also somehow they think that that dog is their dad. I don't I don't get it. This movie is so there there shouldn't be two identical dogs in this movie. I am a grown adult. I watched this movie last night. I cannot keep track of the third. It it is both it is both too simple and too complicated at the same time. It's like an MC Escher drawing <laughs> yeah, it's... done in like crayon in the fist of a, of a baby. Magic that way and only the way a 2006 Disney film can be. That's that's Disney magic. Um, they they go to the office with the with the Tibetan dog that they think is their dad, and they're like, "No, mom, this is dad. He's the dog." Oh, kids, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Dad and I are having problems, but I don't think you're reacting to it well. Here, no, we'll give him the pencil, and he can type on your computer. Oh, but he's not typing anything. But then, so okay, you're setting up this mistaken identity thing. But then Tim Allen calls her from his car, which where he's speeding down the highway with all of the dog animals in it with him. And is saying yeah. like, oh, no, honey, I can explain everything, although I won't explain it now, even though I have plenty of time. I'll just explain it at the courthouse. Bring my clothes to the courthouse and meet me there. Uh, and uh, then he gets to the he, – he's on his way downtown to the courthouse because he has to testify in court about everything that's going on at the lab – I guess that that will fix everything. I don't want to. I don't want to skip over my favorite actor in this movie. Okay, because uh, we're we're kind of speeding by it, uh, ironically, because it happens in the, the oh, speeding car I, scene. I, I know what you mean. Yes, I know the guy you're talking about. <laughs> the, the guy in the other car, as that that spots all of the animals in Tim Allen's car as he's driving down the road. They cut back to this guy about four times, and his eyes just get oh? wider. It is. Oh? It is the 2006 version of taking a, a spit take and then double take simultaneously at a bottle of gin and going, I need to quit drinking. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Throw, he does not throw a hip flask out of his car and decide to turn his <laughs> life around. They, yeah, he sees, the, he sees the chimpanzee in the passenger seat wearing, the, wearing the, the sunglasses, and you're like, okay, all right, so we get that reaction shot, and then it's like, nope, six more reaction shots. We need him reacting to every one of the animals in Tim Allen's car. Yeah. Oh my god. But I'm glad they did because his reaction is priceless. Yes. Uh, 
so he's on his way to the courthouse. He gets caught in downtown L.A. traffic. Uh, that's that's realistic right there. Okay. Uh, and we're coming up to the cringiest moment of this movie. He he gets out of his car and he starts running and is running and running. And then he transforms into the dog, which somehow helps him to run faster. And then he jumps off of an overpass and lands oh, on the God. roof of a bus and as he do- and now again, folks, let me remind you, most of this movie is looking at a dog and you're just hearing Tim Allen, the, the product of Tim Allen sitting in a sound booth, you know, probably flipping through a copy of Car and Driver while, while half-heartedly delivering lines. <laughs> uh, and, and But as he jumps... Something and- that he's accustomed to doing after having done, at this point... Two different Toy Story movies. Yes. Speaking of, in case you forgot that Tim Allen was in the Toy Story movies, as he jumps off the overpass to land on the roof of a bus, uh, he just yells, To infinity and beyond! And it's like... Not even a clever call-out or anything, just the... the, Hey, I'm Tim Allen, and I'm also Buzz Lightyear, and this is a Disney movie. Are are the dumbest movie, the dumbest movie we have ever done. This is a fact. (laughs) Uh... So he gets to the, he gets to the courthouse where his wife and kids are waiting with a new change of clothes and he runs up to he runs up to them and and they're saying dad, you know mom this is dad this is dad and she's like dubious and then he he puts his paws up on his wife's shoulders and then we get this very big emotional scene of of the dog just going right rough roo and his wife going oh my god did you say you love me? It really is you. And she, and there's this like moment of her like staring doe eyed at the dog and kind of reaching out to embrace him where it's like, is she going to make out with the shaggy dog? And shagadelic baby. (laughs) And then she, she embraces the dog. The camera does a 360 degree pan around them. And then it's her embracing fully naked Tim Allen. And she is like, she's not like, She's not like, and she's just like, doesn't seem phased by the fact that she's presumably just watched a dog turn into her husband. Instead, she kisses him very passionately, and then he he tells her, like, you know, it's like, honey, I'm sorry, I'll explain everything, but I, I've got to go into court. And But as as this is happening, Spencer Breslin is watching his mother kiss his fully nude father in public, and he just goes, that was cool. And then he he tries to go inside, and they have to remind him to get his clothes. Um. So I mean, do we just like like I don't have any comments, no notes. How do you top that? I mean, look, I'm just saying, fully nude in the middle of a passionate romantic kiss with his wife. We have to assume that Tim Allen is at least partially engorged at this moment, standing on the courthouse steps, like right. Like, he hasn't... I mean, I mean, he is part dog. I mean, and it doesn't take much for a dog to start humping things, so... I, I, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, he. We, we are just assuming that his kids are watching him fully nude, getting aroused, kissing his wife, and are just like, wow, we're saving the day! Like, no one no one is reacting to this with, like, ugh, or, like, weird! They're, they're just, like, it's just, like, presented as this triumphant moment. Oh man! It's so triumphant that we're not supposed to question what happens next, which is maybe the least believable thing in this movie. I, all right, so so after all of this, he has gotten dressed in his suit super quickly. He bursts into court where they are finishing up the trial of this arsonist. 
a, a trial that he's been removed from. He's been removed from it. He bursts in. DA Danny Glover is is there, and and he says, you know, yeah, you're off this case. You can't you can't be involved in this. And he says, if you've ever trusted me once, sir, you've got to trust me now. And the DA is like, all right, but you you put you back on the case, but you this had better be good. And it's like, I mean, this is just such a dereliction of duty for the district yes. attorney. Like this is like like. If if you if you have a lawyer who is acting erratically and disappearing for long periods of time, that is a lawyer who has a cocaine problem, and <laughs> you shouldn't let him argue a major case yes. on behalf of the city of Los and Angeles in court. Just don't do it. To to Jane Curtin, Judge Jane Curtin's uh, uh, credit, she she calls it out at one point because he's like. Your Honor, I uh, need to bring some evidence here. Blah 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 blah, and she's like, "We're this trial's about a guy setting fire to a lab, not about genetic experiments going on. Like this guy's not on trial. Yes. he's just an expert witness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he because he puts what he does when he gets in there is he he makes Robert Downey Jr., who is just a witness, take the stand so he can cross examine him." It, it, with, this is where it becomes a Perry Mason episode, where he's just like antagonizing him, mind you. It, in one of the one of the fifteen fucking lab scenes, the Tibetan Shaggy dog has bitten Robert Downey Jr., who is now in the early stages of his dog transformation. <laughs> yes, and so I, I, I mean, so he's he's up there. He is he's cross examining him. He is like growling at him and trying to provoke him and getting him to do dog stuff. And and so there's this scene of him and Robert Downey Jr. growling at each other, where, again, it really underlines how much better Robert Downey Jr. is at all yes. of this stuff than Tim Allen. Um, and and mean, meanwhile, like, I'm just, I'm trying to put, like, at this point, Danny Glover becomes the most interesting character in the movie for me, because I'm putting myself in his shoes, like, oh, man, he told me to give him one more chance, and I trusted him, and he's just up there doing more of the same weird dog stuff he's been doing. <laughs> oh, man, why did I trust him? My big heart is gonna get me fired again. Like, like, do you think? Do you think this is how this is how OJ Simpson got away with it? Is just that like they they took they took Marsha Clark off the case, but she was like, no, 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 I'm becoming a Shaggy Dog. It's fine. I can do this. <laughs> just the courtroom TV didn't show that part. Didn't show her growling at the jury. No, no, sadly. Yeah, that's why they that's why they needed to let uh more cameras in the courtroom. They needed a better angle on that stuff. Oh my god. Um but yeah, so he berates Robert Downey Jr. until he start uh, So then at one point like, you know, they're they're growling at each other and the judge is like, "What the fuck are you doing? This guy is not the one who's on trial for one thing. Also, why are you growling at each other like much like much like the the um much like I don't know the judge in the movie Mrs. Doubtfire who is the only sane person the guy who's like yeah you sir you are insane for having dressed up as an old lady to be around your kids I am you're not allowed to see them anymore like to also to this judge is the only sane character but so she's she tells him like get to the point and Tim Allen basically points at Robert Downey Jr. and this is a direct quote yells he stole a secret dog from china stuck needles in it and almost killed this thing for his little experiments <laughs> like what, what what is this what what are you trying to prove how does the how does the outcome of this court case fix or solve anything um it, so yeah it, it it's utter insanity like the 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 just logic of 
well, you got this far into the movie. Don't you want to see how we wrap it up? Like, I, you, you don't give a shit. I, you've, you've sat through an hour and 20 minutes of this. We're, who gives a shit how we end it? You just want the credits at this point. I, certainly you do. Also, he, it's, it, he says that, the do- that they took the dog from China when clearly the dog came from Tibet. Which So by referring to Tibet as China in this scene, Tim is kind of low-key backing up the People's Republic of China's government's argument that Tibet is theirs, even though there's a robust free Tibet movement. It's something that his daughter would get upset about, or maybe JTT. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, yeah, so anyway, he wa- you know, the judge is like, okay, this is enough. Get, get, out, get out of here. And, you know, she has the bailiff, you know, haul Tim out. And, uh, and then tells the jury that, Everything you just saw disregarded. It's inadmissible, and all of the children in the audience cheer because they love, you know, e- you know, evidence admissibility uh, uh, rules and legal concepts. Um, <laughs> but then Tim, as right as they're dismissing Robert Downey Jr., Tim comes running back in. He has wrestled himself away from the bailiff. He's got the bailiff's nightstick. He's a white man who has not been shot a million times at this point, and he holds up the the stick to Robert Downey Jr. and goes, fetch, and then he throws it through the courtroom, and Robert Downey Jr. just leaps after it, goes running through the court on all fours, and comes up with the thing clutched in his teeth like a dog holding a stick. Um, Which is just insane to see Iron Man doing that. I mean, it's really... (laughs) And again, fully, fully committed to it, eyes bugging out. I mean, this is... You get the sense that Robert Downey Jr. took, like theater classes like really method acting classes where it's like today you're going to be a dog be a dog for an hour like experience oh my god i remember those exercises in improv class and i hated them it's which is that's that's been that's one of the reasons that i have never taken an improv class it's like i just don't want to i don't care enough about acting to do that and i think (laughs) like what i don't think tim allen ever took one of those classes which is why he seems out of his depth in in this movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> improv is just setting up legions of actors to be in subsequent shaggy dog movies oh my god um oh but then also everyone is everyone is gopping at robert downey jr in this scene and gasping and pointing and then we see that a big fluffy tail has sprouted out the back of his pants so he he kind of i don't know it looks to me it's it's funny to me because if you've ever been to a mall and seen a bunch of teenagers who are embracing their fursonas and have attached uh raccoon tails to the backs of their pants it kind of looks like robert downey jr doing that i i don't i can't even envision the scenario in which you have experienced i I, i'm not saying it doesn't exist i i'm saying it's, I can't picture Truman Caps going to the mall. Oh, you can't. I mean, listen, listen every, every, once in a while, everybody uh, either needs to buy some pants at H&M or wants to uh, go to the food court to get the uh, Mongolian barbecue stir fry. Oh. Uh, what, what, wait, what's gross about that? In this movie, you watch Tim Allen's <laughs> eyes on a dog and you're I, like, it was that's awful, gross. Yeah. I, listen, I worked in a mall. I have PTSD for food court smells just mm. the mixing of sabaros grease and orange chicken it just churns my stomach okay okay well well we'll we'll you know we'll churn your stomach out of this movie how how about that thank you uh, i would love that tim points to robert downey jr and says if that is an evidence of genetic mutation i don't know what is and Okay, okay, I guess that's why doesn't Jane Curtin just go still not what we're on trial for here. But no, now the only sane person in the movie has gone insane. She bangs her gavel and orders the bailiffs to apprehend Robert Downey Jr. for why? I don't know. Is it illegal? 
is it illegal to be a dog in California? Th- there's nothing. There's nothing in the rule book of California that says that the dog can't be a witness. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, the, look. Honestly, the sequel that we need to this movie is he he gets onto the Supreme Court. A Shaggy Dog is on the Supreme Court, and he rules on the Airbud case. And uh, oh my God. This needs to happen. He, uh, although, truthfully, it would only be right for the uh, judge to recuse himself if he's a shaggy dog. He wouldn't be able to be impartial. But, uh, you know, the Supreme Court's <laughs> not great about those recusal things right now. So Shaggy shaggy Mason. <laughs> uh <laughs> So uh, uh, I'm I'm sorry I'm just I'm just picturing uh, uh, the uh, famous reggae recording artist Shaggy, uh, but in in the courtroom <laughs> is Perry Mason. Um, so uh, yeah, they they also then Tim makes a triumphant state like Robert Downey Jr. is saying something about how like oh they they have the secret to immortality and they don't even know it and Tim goes no don't you try to tell me that animals don't understand animals know what's going on trust me I know okay that's never once been the issue. Um, but so out, outside the courthouse, the DA congratulates Tim, tells him he got this one right after all. Tim tells him to set up a trust fund for all of the Frankenstein animals who have crashed his car into the front of the courthouse. And then, and then the DA tells him, Hey, after this case, you're a shoe in to get elected as DA. And, and it's like, everyone's being really normal for having just learned a that immortality is within our grasp and b watching a man turn into a dog in court like everyone is treating this like another day at the office um oh my lord he goes up to his family and he he checks the boxes of you know talking to each of them and showing that he's fixed everything his you know his daughter says you made a great dog dad but you're gonna make an even better da and he says oh that means the world for me to hear you say that it really does and then moves on so it's like the the like the the fact that the movie was about him being a bad dad it doesn't matter that he's uh, like like he doesn't need to gain his daughter's appreciation of his ability as a district attorney but uh, okay <laughs> you're an okay dad but you're gonna be a great da yeah exactly and you know what all teen girls really care about is uh is the district attorney and how good he is how effective a <laughs> The success of their father. Yeah. Dad, your conviction rate your conviction rate is going to be one of the highest ones in all of California. Uh <laughs> he tells his son that uh I'm gonna love you no matter what you do, and then he goes to his wife and says, Brace yourself for the old dog and your new man, because we're gonna go to Oahu. This is a thing that they said once at the beginning of the movie how they always have been trying to go to Oahu, but he always has to cancel the trip. And this is the second time it gets mentioned in the movie right at the end, that studio note that they implemented in the most half-assed way. <laughs> uh, and so then we cross... Hey, for a free trip to Oahu. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess that that's... Yeah, it's the Adam Sandler method of filmmaking. So then we crossfade <laughs> to them on a beach in Oahu. And in case you don't know where it is... His wife is there saying, mm, Oahu, and Tim going, just like I promised. Great. <laughs> Thanks, movie. We we almost forgot that from the scene People we just watched. People are filing out of the theater as we speak. <laughs> and if they are, they're going to miss the greatest moment in cinema history, because then Tim points out to sea and goes, hey, look at that. And as Surfing USA by the Beach Boys kicks up, they look out to sea, and they see the Tibetan shaggy dog on a surfboard, standing on two legs on a surfboard, CGI'd poorly, surfing this gigantic wave, a skill that 
like previously, this is just like a seemingly normal dog that is 300 years old. I guess the dog also knows how to surf. Oh God. And, and then Tim goes, Hey everybody, that's a 300 year old dog shooting a curl. And then his wife goes, Oh, I wish he didn't have to go back to Tibet. And Tim goes, yeah. And I'm thinking like, okay, so then Tim, that's just where Tim reveals that, Oh, actually I don't hate dogs anymore. And we've decided to adopt the shaggy dog. No, no, <laughs> no, that's not what's happening. I just want to give him one last, one last hurrah before we send him back to the monastery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and then his son throws a Frisbee and Tim goes running to catch it and he leaps and, it catches it in his teeth, eyes bugging out, and we freeze frame on Tim Allen on a beach at sunset, <laughs> leaping through the air to catch a frisbee in his teeth. The d- just the dumbest sight, and it turns into a postcard that says, "Welcome to Oahu." I, you know, it's like I watched the dog surfing, and I was like, "It cannot get dumber than this." This is the dumbest thing, just shoehorning a surfing dog into the last second of our movie, and then it gets it gets a little dumber. It really does. He. What do you what do you think the special effects team thought when the studio came in and said, "You know what? We've got a new ending to this movie. <laughs> We're gonna need you to uh, work weekends to to really squeeze in a top notch looking shaggy dog uh, surfing, uh, they, they, ripping a curl, they, they, they shooting a curl. Uh, they thought they thought, fuck these clowns. We're gonna make the shaggy dog look really bad in this scene." <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think it was cutting edge for 2006. I, yeah, the, the, I somehow didn't get nominated at the Oscars. Somehow, somehow Gollum <laughs> beat beat them out for this. What I, I think what we all should also should mention as we go into the credits. It, it, well, first, it's that during the credits they have each character, uh, each actor, you know, a picture of them next to a picture of a dog that kind of looks like them. And it yeah. and it sort of highlights the fact that like oh this movie might have been better if more people were turning into dogs but no that didn't happen. <laughs> it's gotta be you gotta wait and do something in the sequel. I, I you gotta yeah well he's they already have him being a DA so they can't go the normal the normal sequel route. Um, but no over the credits we have a rap by Akon written specifically for this movie all about. Being a shaggy dog, all just him rapping about the process of getting turned into a shaggy dog and what that's like and how he's a big Do dog. Do you now. think they approach Shaggy? I, I I think that I think that Shaggy was just a little too risque for a Disney PG movie mm-hmm. if he was famous for a song about having sex on a bathroom floor. Um <laughs> that's 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 my belief. Or maybe Shaggy just asked for too much. Yeah. Um <laughs> he knew how to get out of it. And so then we go from the flashing credits to the scrolling credits, where Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man himself, is the sixth build. Uh, and uh, and then we have watched The Shaggy Dog. So, what's the sequel? <clears throat> what's the sequel? Is it is it The Shaggy Dog in Oahu? Like, are we doing a, a Brady Bunch special? Are we doing uh, Danny Glover, <laughs> the <laughs> the Shaggy former DA? Uh, turning into a dog? Do we do um, a straight-up Tim Allen sequel? Does Robert Downey Jr. come back into play as the villain, former villain turned uh, Hannibal Lecter, like, helper in the second movie? I I think... What's the story? Yeah, let's see. I think that it's... I I think that it's gotta be Robert... uh, No, it's not Robert... I'm sorry. 
Tim Allen, as the Shaggy DA, has had such a run of of, of big prosecutions and and so much success that he runs for political office. He's I think he's I think he is either running for mayor or he is the mayor. Uh, and then I, but then something, uh, but yeah, so probably half of the movie is very intense, like political maneuvering and election year stuff. Oh shit. Yeah. I know. So then the, the, the antagonist of that movie, his rival is clearly going to be who he's running against. Yes. And let's say it together. We both know who it's going to be cast as. Uh, okay. One. Two, three. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Wait, wait. Da- oh, fuck. It would be the Croyd. But it would be Dan Aykroyd and what Dan Aykroyd's character, his credentials in public service that set him up to be mayor. He was the dog catcher previously. Oh, my God. You're right. Yep. Yep. That's right. That's right. It's a deranged Dan Aykroyd. Oh, fuck. Landon, this would actually be a really good movie. I'm sorry. Dan Aykroyd and Tim <laughs> Allen, squ- two very unappealing actors squaring off against each other. Oh, man. <laughs> the only thing that would be, be... We have to make the movie now, and, and Tim Allen's character has to be younger than he is in this movie and shirtless well, in every scene. <laughs> Truman, we we didn't talk off air about this, but um, in terms of where we're going from here... Yes. What if I told you... Tim Allen and Dan Aykroyd do square off against each other what? in a movie that goes back to the holidays yet again. Wait, wait, what? What what movie what movie could this be? It's about Is it about Christmas with some people? <laughs> it is about some cranky ass people oh. at Christmas time. Uh it that then then you must be referring to uh a dog for Christmas cuz all those people are very cranky <laughs> at Christmas. <laughs> they are they were so cranky. <laughs> I I mean I mean look, I I this movie this movie had too many dogs in it. There shouldn't have been two shaggy dogs. The last movie <laughs> didn't have enough dogs in it. If the if these if you, the average of our last two movies kind of makes one movie, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I do know what you mean. Um what do you say we stay with the holiday spirit, even though we stepped out of the holiday spirit for this movie, but we were following a our, our dog snout um, <laughs> down yeah. a trail Yeah, here. our tongue flapping in our faces, yes. <laughs> tongue cam. Um, what do you say we, we go back to the holiday spirit and finish out the, God, what, the, the, Quintrilogy? Is it five Christmas films that Tim Allen has done? Yes, it is, and we should. We have to. We have to finish the 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 pen the pentology. <laughs> We're gonna do Christmas with the cranks next week. Huzzah! Feeling very. I love merry. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Oh, Jamie Lee. Every- Queen Jamie Lee. <laughs> everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at cranks. <laughs> um. So I guess. Cranking places. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Hella crank. True cranks. Oh my god, just if you it's just crank, but with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, I, I take that. <laughs> putting jumper cables on her nipple. Okay, no, no, no. Like okay, you're done. You're done. And that's okay, blackout, and that is a series wrap. <laughs> Landon, say okay. I've, my my, I got some soup to eat, uh, folks. Subplot: I've been making soup this whole time, so let's let's uh, take them home. Okay, all right. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, and listen, we've only got a handful of episodes left. 
we we've planned out the the final stages of this show and it's going to end uh in January and we're going to transition to our next show yep. and if you want to help us celebrate the end of grunt work and usher in the new era of uh, uh, oh, uh, not yet. You expected soon. us to. You expected us to do this very soon. Uh, our new show. Um, you can help support us over at Patreon.com/GruntWorkPod, where your money goes towards helping us keep these episodes up and running and the website for that up and running. But for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to hundreds of episodes of our supplemental show, Gruntwork Nights. So many. So, so many. Today is a movie about a remake. We talked about The Shaggy Dog. It's a remake. We recently did an episode about remakes, reboots, revivals, reimaginations. Go check it out yeah. for $1. Listen to it. Put your money where your uh, mouth is, or your ears are. Put put uh, money, i.e. stars, on this podcast wherever you listen to it. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> Rate or review us. Great job. On, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps people find the show and will help people find the next show, which we really, really want. Um, or you can say hi to us on Instagram. People have been, listen, I haven't been posting there much, I realize, but the chat is wide open. Ooh. If you want to say something to us, I've been going back and forth with a listener that is experiencing the show in real time. Oof. So, um, Lots of, lots of explaining uh, our our mindset pre COVID and season three. Oh boy, oh boy, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, thank you, Landon. Just everybody talk to Landon if you don't if you hear an episode you don't like, he'll get back to you eventually. <laughs> uh, and I guess um, where else we go with this? The website. Uh, you can find more information on today's episode over at www.grantworkpodcast.com. Uh, where we're gonna f- f- get Gruntwork Legacy up and going. There, I'm I'm working on getting the uh, episode archive up, like a little library, so you don't have to like scroll through pages and pages of episodes to find early seasons. That's, so that's good. Uh, look for that soon. Um, and I guess until next week when we bring you back to Christmas, can I get some jingle bells to take us out? We're going to cover Christmas with the cranks. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, Henry Kissinger is dead, everybody. Merry Christmas. God bless. Who let the Kissingers out? I'm feeling like a big dog.